In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another episode of A Visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of pro wrestling fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark Smart, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm deliberating on the real value of Boy Scout popcorn. I think it may be worth it. <laughs> it, so. it always... It always seems worth it when you're eating it, but then a few hours later, when you're on the pot, you just second guess some things. Well, the reason I, I, I would think that it wasn't worth it is it's overpriced, but mm, sure is tasty. <laughs> also joining us are our CMP from up north, JLB. What's going on, man? It goes on and on and on and on. Still doing the same old, same old, guys. Practicing my social distancing. Um, wearing my mask when I go out. And uh, washing them hands as well as that body. Because uh, that is what I do. And um, yeah, that's it. That's it, guys. Nothing uh, too uh, too crazy on my end. <laughs> no, no Boy Scout popcorn on your end? No, just honeycombs. Aha, delicious. <laughs> honeycombs Sorry. is good as, as long as you get the real brand honeycombs, not that knockoff Malto meal brand crap. Oh, I didn't even know there was a knockoff honeycomb one. Yeah, in America, everything is knocked off. Yeah. I'm sure we have. I just never, uh, if I'm going to get honeycomb, I'm going to get the real deal skis. That's for sure. Yeah, well, sometimes in America, you have to choose between healthcare and honeycombs. And so, you know. uh, it's a shame for you guys. Very unfortunate. I think that needs to be a t-shirt. Sometimes <laughs> you have to choose between healthcare and honeycomb. Anyways, um, I'd like to remind everyone, though, that Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network, so make sure you check out the other shows on the network. Head on over to tatnusco.com and click on the network link and see all the other episodes there. Um, if you are new to this particular episodes of the show, the premise is simple. We're going to take turns challenging each other to book some unknown and often unlikely scenario in the world of professional wrestling. We do not discuss them in advance, so our answers are going to be entirely off the cuff and made up on the spot. Um, I would also like to remind everyone to like, share, and subscribe to this. Click that share button right now uh, and let other people know uh, what you're listening to. That helps us grow more than you possibly even. But I think we'll just kind of get into the wrestling fantasy booking. It's... Uh, been a big week so far we had aew full gear over the weekend um and uh a big episode of raw this week where um we got proven that uh both jlb and i um apparently are not good at picking who the final rosters on the survivor <laughs> series squad for raw are so uh we're off to a great start for that challenge but you're both going to be yeah. wrong by just one Maybe two, depending on Betty Murphy. Yeah. And I don't know why I didn't think of Matt Riddle. Yeah. They had to have done something with him. But that's why I was perplexed with McIntyre, right? So what the hell is McIntyre going to do? That's what I don't know. I was certain it was going to be... I. The only thing I can think is that they're going to build up for some sort of twist with the, the champion versus champion match where now it's going to be a triple threat or uh, maybe they'll insert someone on 
SmackDown, it's going to be a four corners match. I don't know. Makes my head hurt. Well, but, wait, isn't McIntyre facing Orton next week? Possibly, but I do not anticipate that they hot shot the belt back to him. So okay. what I would put, yeah, I would put hard money on there being some sort of schmage finish to it um, or a no finish whatsoever, which would lead into, I mean, we've still got a few weeks before uh, Survivor Series. So there's a lot of stuff that can still change. By the way, quick little question, since we just mentioned Survivor Series. When did Survivor Series become a champion versus champion? And why are you going to have a champion versus champion when you just had a pay-per-view called Clash of the Champions, which would have made so much more sense? These are all very valid questions. Um, To answer your first one, when they redid the brand split, that's when they decided it was champion versus champion. Um... (laughs) And to answer your second question, who the fuck knows what's going on in their heads? Uh, <laughs> there's our one for PG-13. Uh, we'll see if we can keep that up for the rest of that. We're not going to, I guarantee it. Um, fuck that noise. Ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's, it. it's freeing. Once that happens, you know, we don't have any constraints anymore. Um, in, can I have in, a routine where you drop the first one and I drop the rest of them? <laughs> But, but uh but yeah no it, it's it's silly if you're gonna have a uh, show called clash of champions that makes more sense for champion versus champion i i feel like there's people in wwe that want to get rid of the brand split but i also feel like fox and usa network are probably pretty heavy on there still being a brand split so mm. i think that's kind of what's going on but no, back when they did the brand split again, that's when they decided that Survivor Series would be champion versus champion and Raw versus SmackDown. And uh, D.A. Fabe and I have talked about it many a time before, how we think that's stupid and people should feel bad about it. Um, yeah, like, didn't they even have a pay-per-view called Raw versus SmackDown when this original brand split happened, like, way back then? But then why not just have a pay-per-view for that? And why... Mostly because that never happened. Yeah, A, that never happened, but B, the reason they don't do a pay-per-view for that is because they feel like they already have a pay-per-view for that in Survivor Series. Um, It's dumb, again, absolutely stupid, because in the grand scheme of things, this isn't what Survivor Series was about originally. Survivor Series was about the Survivor Series match where you would have two teams put together of wrestlers who had a reason to want to fight each other, right? if anything, too, this is where you actually mix the brands to have them on the same team because it's something we won't be able to see to make it something special. I don't know. Well, the, here's the thing. There were so many stories told with that pay-per-view. Really, it's not a great second-ever pay-per-view. It's not. I mean, WrestleMania is their, is their pride and joy. It was the first one they ever did. Um after they became WWF instead of WWF. Um, And then they introduced Survivor Series, I believe, four years later. Of course, the very first Survivor Series 30 years ago, there was a character that might have been introduced. Um, Maybe they're emphasizing that now. Um, There was also, along with that, several storylines that were told over the first 15 years of it. So... I don't know. There's just a lot you can do with it without having... Oh, that's right. Everything's about the championships now. That's why they do it. 
<laughs> people can't just be pissed at other people. Nope. They're actually yeah. old. Yeah, uh, 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 he's got a point. Lame. I mean, the only thing I'm excited for is Taker's Farewell. Um, just because, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a big hurrah and there has to be some kind of surprise. And I don't know. It's not just going to be Taker talking. Thank you. Bye. Rest in peace. I don't, I don't know. I haven't been um, excited for a Taker appearance in quite a while. So That's because you haven't seen a Taker appearance in quite a while. Harsh. No, I mean, seriously, I'm I'm talking like five years. <laughs> oh, damn. Ass. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to try, trying to say he's not a legend and, and all that stuff. I'm saying that there was a time when uh, he was a draw, and there's a time when he's not a draw. And for me, he stopped being a draw about five years ago. They had a chance to have him go out in a big way, and they just fizzled it. And because of that, um, I haven't, you know, like every other match has been a, a, like like the Hall of Fame game. Um, every year in uh, preseason football, like it comes around and everyone's like, "Hey, Grace, this is a Hall of Fame game," but it's the preseason game that doesn't matter, and there's no reason for them to really do it, and no one really cares about the outcome of it. That's kind of what the Undertaker has been like the last four years. You know uh, what right. people do okay. care about though? Hmm. They care about visitations to Turks and Caicos. Turks and Caicos. What a beautiful land. It's good old Turks and Caicos. I wonder if they have Boy Scout popcorn there. Anyway. I don't know. I'm betting they don't have spiking rates of COVID-19 right now. So. That's probably true. They also don't probably have snow coming down uh, off and on right now. Fucking <laughs> Nebraska. It was 80 degrees two days ago and then it snowed some today. Yeah. It was 70 degrees yesterday morning, and by 9 a.m. it was 35. <laughs> Hot diggity damn. Yeah. Or cold diggity damn. They don't even get that shit in Canada, man. Today was actually pretty beautiful. Not going to complain. It was really nice outside tonight. I wanted to sleep outside. Not because I'm a hobo, but because it was more nicer outside. Than Not because you're a hobo, just because you're a hobo. <laughs> Um, let's, let's so get that kind of booking, track. huh? Yeah, that's what we're here yeah, for, no? Let's get back on track here. So, um, uh, what one thing, um, in our last episode, we talked a bit about, um, the AEW game announcement, uh, that was for today. And, uh, I am happy to inform DA Fabe that they specifically said, um, in the announcement, Kenny Omega said that they were inspired by games like NFL Blitz and uh, NBA Jams. Uh, They wanted it to be something that was easy to pick up and play, but but hard to master and fun and exciting. And they showed machine. Yes. And they showed um, a snippet of it. Well, like pre-release gameplay of it, and uh, it looks pretty decent. It's obviously pre-release video. Uh, about my only thing is like the hands of the wrestlers are like as big as their heads for some reason or other they made the artistic choice to make these giant fucking meat mitten um and uh, another thing that's interesting from it at least uh to talk about is it appears to have intergender match capability 
because there's a, a large segment of the gameplay, pre-release gameplay that they released that features Hikaru Shida kicking the snot out of Kenny Omega. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought that was very interesting, too. And uh, I thought that was fun. Um, and, and just interesting that they went with that there. Well, I mean, look, keep in mind, this is also pre-development or they're in development kind of thing and whatever. I feel like it's a bad PR move to try and do that, though, to make it actually have intergender matches like that happen uh, in a 2020 era. Because I don't even think I think you were able to do that like in No Mercy, but any game after 2000, they just stopped doing it. Um, so all that cool. I don't remember you being able to do it in No Mercy, uh, mostly because Vince McMahon has always been against intergender wrestling as a whole. I thought you could do it in most WWE's video games. Nope. But you literally, woman, you can, if you pick woman, you have to face woman versus woman. Same kind of deal with the men. But my only, it's not even a problem with it, question with it is this. Um, why include it as an option in a game if you're not including it in your real world product? That's um, true to you, though. Yeah. And I, I personally am 100% fine with intergender matches um, if they're presented right. Mostly because they know we know it's scripted. What? Yeah, yeah. You shut your so, face. Um, but uh, but my thing is just why why include it as an option in a video so game if it's not an option in your real? Yeah, that's true. Um, so maybe they might do it, or maybe they'll just make it like an option you can toggle on and off sort of deal. I just feel like Tony Khan going to this and representing this as a game will be like get a lot of slack for that because you know regardless of how the game is what you know whatever people are gonna bitch no matter what but then if you have that it's gonna be a whole thing parents are gonna bitch oh now my son wants to be woman up i don't know you're just gonna get this whole thing i don't i don't think it'll get that I don't, much but uh, so I, 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 I don't care how it's weighted right yeah and for those of you who did play the No Mercy uh, Days 1, it's going to be developed by Yux. So that's a good sign. And also the director of uh, back in the day WWE's No Mercy will be back for the AEW game. Gatasan is back. They had a short video of them talking to him. Um, yep. And his English is not bad. Not too shabby. I was actually shocked. I felt like I was going to get subtitles, but he spoke. And I was like, oh, body da they also announced uh, two mobile games coming yeah. out. One of them coming out within the next month or so, um, and one of them sometime after. The one that's coming out soon appears to be AEW in name only, I would say, uh, because it's AEW Double or Nothing Casino. Right, and yeah. so I would imagine they didn't really show any gameplay footage of this one. But they say it's coming out soon. Casino game. It's going to be like yeah. any casino kind of thing game. You have slots, you have poker tables. You probably can pick wrestlers, I imagine. Yeah, kind of cool. Wrestler-themed card backs or, or coins or whatever. You know, all of that stuff. Or I mean, it might even be kind of one of those, um, like, what is it? Um, WWE. It's not Champions. It's the one where it's, it's technically one of the match four games or whatever match three games but um I, as you play it powers up a wrestler to no, it's not gonna oh, be yeah. this champions champions, champions. champions that was. I, I don't and i think they're gonna eventually come out with that because i was shocked they didn't actually mention 
they were going to have a super card game because that Champions game that WWE has is crazy popular. And so well, I figured right away that's what they're going to do. But that's honestly, why I, I, that's why I wouldn't be surprised if the AEW casino was similar to that, where it was as you won, you were powering up a wrestler to deliver the finishing maneuver to another your opponent or whatever you know so you're playing uh you know 21 blackjack and you, if you get blackjack he got to power up and he hits a bad big move or something i don't know hey that would be interesting though because they i guess they can't make it like a legit casino game obviously because there's a whole bunch of other laws to that um but you could just make it a casino game for fun. Interesting to see what they'll do then. Yeah, they could kind of make that work, and it's very different. It's not like you're doing a Candy Crush style either to do the power moves. It's actually casino games. Mm-hmm. That, would be, that would be very interesting, actually. Um, and then the other one, which they showed a little bit more of, is the AEW uh, GM mode game, where you are... Um, Tony Khan. Yeah, you're playing the the... GM or the booker for for the wrestling company, so you sign wrestlers, you put together the matches, um, and and the what I, they showed very little of it, but there's a game that I've played called uh, '80s Mania Wrestling Returns, um, and then its sequel, Modern Mania Wrestling Returns, um, or Modern Mania Wrestling. It's by Checkmate Creative. And uh, when watching the trailer for this game, uh, the AEW game, it reminded me a whole lot of these Mania Wrestling games by this company. So I'm wondering if this isn't the company that they're working with for it. Because this no, no, company... no, but the, the first thing you saw when they were, when Kenny Omega was originally showing you a game, mm-hmm. that's not a, that's not a legit game. He's no, like, we that, scrapped that. That was then... you know, th- this is the one that Brit that um. Aubrey Edwards was talking about the GM mode one. Oh, okay. And, and and it's this modern mania wrestler and this '80s mania wrestler um, game. I, I'm I'm telling you, go uh, go download. They're actually a ton of fun. But download the games and play them. I I am willing to put money right now that um, they're based a lot off of this game. That it might even be the same company doing them. Because the concept of it, of both of these games, is you're playing a manager, a booker for a wrestling company. You're signing wrestlers to your roster. You're putting together the card for for each weekly uh, uh, show, as well as eventually the card for the pay-per-view. Based on how well the card does, um, you get a certain amount of profit. And uh, the you know you try to then sign bigger wrestlers and so on and so forth, but the graphics for it, because in the end, <clears throat> you sign the wrestlers and you book them to a card, but you don't actually control how the matches come out, right? In this game, at least. And when it showed this little brief animation of two wrestlers fighting on it, it looked almost identical to these this modern Mania wrestling and '80s Mania wrestling. Um, which is not a bad thing. I like these games. I've been playing these games, both of them, for a while. In fact, uh, uh, Brian Zane from Wrestling with Regret had a uh, special code for 80s Mania Wrestling where you got to unlock Z-Man Brian Zane for it. So I've been playing for a few years now because of that, or a year or so. Anyways, um, and then uh, 
then of course the the big main game and then Britt baker came out and announced a t-shirt and it was silly for her to come out because it was a it was the dumbest t-shirt it's just AEW Games logo t-shirt. But apparently yeah. you can buy it at shopaew.com. Kind yeah. of like you can buy shirts for this podcast at shop.spreadshirt.com backslash raw and order WBU. Yep. Where I you said can it, get your not, not a cop shirt. <laughs> Sorry. What was anyway. shocking to me, though, with this whole thing? Well, one, great. So, guys, three games, two mobile games. One's a GM mode. One's a casino slash perhaps champions kind of game we shall see and the other one will be a console game for current generation as well as next generation so you got a ps5 you sold your ps4 don't worry about it when aew comes out with their console game you'll be good to go um what was shocking for me though was aubrey edwards first of all being a mobile game developer before she yeah entered- I- I actually knew that. Um, it was her day job when she was uh, refereeing on the indies. Uh, and oh, okay. I was completely shocked by that. I was like, oh, damn. But, but so, I just wanted to talk about that a bit because I know DFA was heavy on the idea of it being a lot like a NFL Blitz style game. And it is a lot like one of those. Hopefully. Yeah, those are fantastic for pro wrestling. They just they're a good fit. Um but since Aubrey Edwards is looking or is you know, if it, it is a mo- mobile because I'll also be British. Yes. A mobile game developer. Um nobody else but me noticed that he said mobile. Uh, maybe I'm the only dick that makes fun of Canadians. Anyway. Um, yep. That's you. That's me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, if she ever needs anything to fall back on, we are looking for kind of an attorney wrestling game, uh, uh, like a raw and order type game that we'd like to put out. Yes. And we can pay you in merchandise. Um, and um, I, I don't know. I, I, I kick a, cook a pretty mean pizza. So maybe like once a week I can cook you a pizza or something. Definitely going to pay better than... <laughs> Yeah. Working for AEW. Yeah, what does that Tony Khan have that we don't have? Other than billions of dollars and, you know, interest in multiple major sports themes. Uh, yeah. Two, three football. Dashingly good looks. And Did I mention the billions of dollars? Um, anyways. Really good business brain. Yeah. But other Which than problem. that. Yeah. Other, other than all of those things. things. He doesn't have <laughs> a moderately successful podcast. Yes. Or... Dreams of being sponsored by Turks and Caicos. He might. Oh, he's probably never even been to Turks and Caicos. I'm sure he's probably been to Turks and Caicos. Well, if he goes again, the reason he goes is because of this podcast, which is why we need to be sponsored by Turks and Caicos. Get your shirt at shopsatspetcher.com. Turks and Caicos. Anyways, let's move on to booking well, some fantasy. fantasy. Yeah. What's so. That? Yeah. Fantasy booking. Yeah. That. Yeah. So I, I'm just going to start off because mine's simple and and maybe a little fun. And we've talked a little bit about it before, I think. But I'm just going to give you guys a chance to have some fun with this. There were a lot of rumors going into Full Gear this weekend that a certain uh, former professional wrestler from WCW and WWE, uh, as well as a time in TNA, was going to appear at Full Gear. And he did not. 
and uh, the internet community is distraught because he didn't show up. So I'm going to give you guys a chance to book Sting in AEW. Now, we're talking modern day right now Sting, not young agile Sting, which means you won't be able to book him so much as a wrestler. So how would you (laughs) use him in another day? So, So no buckle bombs? No buckle bombs. Okay. Hmm. <clears throat> so, I'll go first. Okay. Um, part of me wanted me wanted him. Uh, uh, part of me wanted him to show up at the deletion match, just because I, if not for a full on like we see him, but we see little like shadow figures of that being Sting, Sammy Guevara, kind of. I don't know, randomly see Sting in the background, but he looks back, no one's there. It's just Matt Hardy hitting him, sort of ordeal. And with Sammy Guevara's new character change, I think he, Sammy Guevara, would be managed by Sting, thus creating a more darker Sammy Guevara. Um, and I don't know, and then Sting would kind of basically just take Sammy Guevara under his wing to mold him into uh, a less cockier guy because he's young enough where he can still be molded, if you will. Um, and yeah, and I could kind of, you know, see Guevara manipulating things, just making me a little bit more flip to do. Um, yeah, I could certainly see even doing the whole face paint thing for Guevara. I think that would be a nice change for Guevara. Get him out of the whole inner circle thing. Eventually, he would do something where Jericho's mad. He's like, Sting, what are you doing here? Da, da, da. You can't take my guy. Da, 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 da. Which would kind of fall nicely with the whole departure of the inner circle, too, with the whole MJF trying to take over and Sting interfering into all of that. So I think putting Sting with Guevara would be a nice and it would feel very well with an animation video. It's because his character change, and boom. Why is Gabriel getting a character change? Okay, I'm gonna pop in here to pause for a bit. We're getting a lot of static from. Yeah, I need to uh, make an adjustment here. I caught it. There we go. So, essentially, I don't know. I just think it would be different. Uh, like I said, Guevara is young enough to be molded. Uh, he's getting a new character change. Sting is going to inter- it will shy him away from the inner circle because Guevara needs to kind of be his own kind of guy uh, for him to really move up anywhere. I feel, and him being idolized. Uh, using Sting as his protege, if you will, might be cool. The same with the whole face paint and all that. And it would just be a complete change up for Guevara. Because where Guevara is with the inner circle is pointless. And it would fall into the whole, you know, MGF joining the inner circle, trying to break that up. And Guevara ultimately. Dang it. Yeah. I'm trying, guys, here. Sorry. No, no problem. Um, so he would do a Guevara run and essentially. I guess you turn. So yeah, you turn him face though, because he'd be like, "Do you turn him face though?" Hmm. Yeah, you would turn him face. You would make Guevara uh, a face. 
because you had the old, you had the scarecrow staying, scarecrow, staying as kind of like a face, right? He wasn't always bad. He was generally a face in WCW when he was the crow, essentially, right? So he was an uh, unknown, unknown for a while, and then he was a face. That Fair. that that's part of the reason everyone thought he was going to end up with Darby is because Darby is set up as kind of this unknown. Um, you know, they have him just sitting up in the bleachers watching the matches rather than hanging out with all the other wrestlers, things like that. So it made it made sense from that standpoint why they thought he's going to go with with Darby, and he might still. But right. the fact that he didn't show up at at uh, full gear, I don't think we're going to see him just show up at an episode of Dynamite. Especially if again. if he like. does, it would be this week's episode. The Fallout from Full Gear episode. Uh, otherwise, it I don't think he'd show up until Revolution next year, if anything. Yeah, or that's it, or the demise. Like, if Darby loses it, then uh, he's down on his luck, he's kind of given up, and then Sting kind of gives him that helping hand as the mentor. Uh, yeah, I could see that too. Um, but if it was going to be at Full Gear... I guess it would have worked nicely with the the Cody match for sure. Uh, but Cody doesn't have any kind of, well, I guess neither does Matt or Guevara. But it would be kind of weird for just Sting to help Darby like that, right? Like, I don't know. Did Sting hate? Did Sting have a crazy feud with uh, Dusty Rose? No, not really. Dusty was, I mean, the Crow era Sting was post-Dusty Rhodes' real run. Right. Uh, by that point, Dusty was backstage most of it, sometimes yeah. on commentary. Um, right. So there wasn't ever really anything between them. But he did have runs against the Four Horsemen, of which Arn Anderson was. And Arn Anderson is Cody Rhodes. Right. Okay. Coach. So he was also in, a temporary member of the Four Horsemen. He was at one point a member. Um, although, arguably, he was never a member. But that's, that's something for another time altogether. Uh, the fall of Sting as a four horseman was a great storytelling moment. So, but uh, I, I I like your idea of him being uh, in the um, elite deletion match. I thought I thought going into that that was the better place for him to show up. But once they had Gangrel and Shane Helms, Hurricane Helms show up, then I was like, nah, nah, they're not. No. If, if if someone was going to show up from the past, it would only have to be Sting. Because then if you have after he shows up after Helms and Gangrel, that'd be weird and no. Yeah. yeah well, that, then it's just another gimmick thing. Yeah. Um, although there was at the end, uh, I thought it would have been really entertaining if instead of Senior Benjamin driving the, the little truck away, it had been Sting. That would have been another way they could have used him, which would have played into your storyline of now of Sting being the one taking over Sammy Guevara and leading him on a new path. Oh, right, which would have been perfect because he had him in the truck and whatever. Yeah, nice. Damn it. Good thinking. But, <laughs> D.A. Fabe, how would you handle Sting in AEW? Well, um, I would go somewhere different than either of you went. Um, wait, wait, give and, me a second to put on my shocked face. Yeah. What? So... <laughs> The the thing that stands between Sting and a conversation we have frequently with really, really you only mention three people when you talk GOAT. Um, most people do. They really only talk about Hogan, Flair, and Jericho. 
And the thing that all three of those three have done is be a heel um, and a face. They've, they've played both sides of that card. Sting has yet to really play the heel side of the card. The Joker Sting is probably as close as you get. Um, maybe a little bit in, not Immortal, uh, Main Event Mafia. But, I mean, who, who didn't root for Kurt Angle, Sting, Hogan, all those guys on TNA? Not to mention it's just TNA. Uh, nothing against TNA, but it's just TNA. <laughs> um, and so the thing we haven't really gotten was that career-defining heel run from Sting. Um, obviously, we're not going to get that as a wrestler now, but I think we can get that as a as a as a manager, as a leader, as a uh, almost a Paul Heyman-esque role. And so I think I bring him back to um, to the elite as their manager in a run against the uh, against Jericho and the inner circle him managing the elite and I know that sounds like if it's inner circle versus the elite um, that right now yes that's still heel versus good guy but we're slowly but surely seeing this transition of Kenny Omega of the young bucks and I think we can transition them back into being heels with Sting as their manager. And I think that gives him a really good opportunity to lead a heel team to an eventual um, face turn for Inner Circle. Because really, you take away Jake Hager and and Jericho. Jake Hager's, of course, going to go more Bellator as, as COVID winds down, um, which is not winding down right now. I understand that. But in the long run, it is going to wind down to less of the population taking a beating from it. Um, and I, so I think you start that build now in the Hangman versus versus Omega match. Maybe you just get a, a very minor distraction from a Sting-esque character in the rafters. Uh, people could just write it off as though it's Darby. Um, you get it also in the in the um, the tag match. Um, maybe even gets a little bit involved in the tag match. You know, um, it, it's just a, a minor, just a, a snippet of of what's coming from Sting and and reuniting the elite under Sting's heel banner. I think is where I go in. In the long run, I mean, we've got till February before the next pay-per-view, and I think really before we have a pay-per-view with fans, I think we're probably looking at June uh, for AEW. So um, that's well, really it, a long time to build that storyline. In in fairness, AEW has fans, but not many. They're at like 10% capacity. I'm talking fans, like sold-out arenas fans. Well, yeah, it's not sold-out arenas, but... That if I, I'm pointing out this is tickets available for sale fans. You can go and buy tickets to current AEW shows. So they have fans, just very low capacity. Yeah. Just to be clear on it. Okay, fair enough. I, I mean, 10% capacity, that's like that WWE event we went to. Yeah. Ouch. Before COVID. Burn. Oops. <laughs> Anyway, um, so that's I think that's the route I go. I think that's that that and and the all desired never going to happen wouldn't be good if it did happen now. Undertaker match um, obviously is is a significant failure um, or significant piece of his career that we missed. 
the other piece is we never really had a great heel run from Sting. And what little bit of heel we got was as either main event mafia. Joker Sting was just crazy. And, and and really it was just a bad knockoff is what it really was. So yeah. um that's where I go. I, I start I start planting the seeds for heel sting long run. Okay. Yeah, I mean that makes sense though too. Because uh, he's just never been it, and you know, you might as well give him that full circle. Uh, well, not full circle, but that 180 of doing something completely different. Thus, he can say he's done everything in the wrestling business. Because, uh, and him showing up at AEW would make him the one guy that, well, not the one guy, uh, almost the one guy that has been in all federation, all top federation. So, yeah, I would, uh, I would definitely yeah, like. Jared. Jericho's in that category too. Oh, well, Jericho was know. never in Impact or TNA, but again, they they still aren't. They were number two when number two was really low down the list. True. AEW came on and was number two. <laughs> Valid. And I mean, Jericho was in was in New Japan when it was. It it really is a great feud to have him and Jericho kind of trying to claim that goat role and doing it as leaders who aren't wrestling rather than as wrestlers complete right. their, their you're a leader who's not wrestling okay thanks man <laughs> I mean you're... I am thanks man god suck it I mean I am the only guy to be introduced number one or number two on all of our podcasts you're number two on our podcast <laughs> wait did yeah, you call me poop <laughs> yeah redeemed myself Oh, <laughs> but I feel like WBU Sunday is going to result in, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, our RCMP from Canada, <laughs> the non-number two, Justin, <laughs> <laughs> who does number two work for? Broad order WBU. <laughs> does number two work for? On order WBU, I already said that. <laughs> yeah, you tell that turd what's boss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, can I get a courtesy plush over here? <laughs> yeah, we've seen the movie, dude. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, stop me before I hit the O-ring line. <laughs> okay, dude, I bought an O-ring. So, okay, that's my <laughs> my challenge. What do you guys got for us? Um, okay, I'll go first just in case it's not good. Um, <laughs> just in case, huh? Because <laughs> I'm just incredible like that. Um, and you guys, I'm gonna book back Lana for the world championship again. No, 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 uh, I will not do that. Um, they put her for a table again yesterday, so you know, who knows? <laughs> I bet you they're just gonna completely forget about it. Like, because they're not going to know what to do with her. This whole thing is ridiculous. And then they're just going to randomly move her to SmackDown or something. And then make us want to think that, like, it never happened. Because WWE likes to do that. So I, I seriously think they think if they put her through enough tables, we're finally going to be like, oh, let's, let's support her. And yeah. I think that's estimating fans. I, I really do think wrestling fans are eventually going to get to the point where we're like, let's see her put through another table. <laughs> that, that it'll be something we tune in for not because we feel bad for her but because we want to see her hurt more and i'm not saying that i do i'm just saying wrestling fans because 
I've been a wrestling fan long enough to know that we're sadistic SOBs sometimes. Proud of you for, you know, watching your ass so Nero doesn't come kick it. Yep. You know, somebody's got to watch my ass. <laughs> Did you say watch or watch? I heard watch. Me. Yeah, it's a boat. You don't know. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so guys, this is what's happening right now. So you guys are going to book your new Sammy Guevara gimmick. They're kind of leading to that point, okay, of Sammy Guevara possibly changing his gimmick after he got hit in the chair by uh, Matt Hardy. Um, So you are Tony Khan or Cody Rose or whoever. Or Cody Rhodes. Or Cody Rhodes, correct. Uh, And you're going to Sammy. Hey, Sammy, this is your new gimmick. And go. Uh, I make him into Tyler Breeze, and he comes out to the ring with a mobile phone and takes selfies. So the narcissistic gimmick. Okay. In fairness. I don't actually do that. I just really wanted to see mobile. Mobile. (laughs) Um, In fairness, he already does that. Like, they just don't put it up on the screen. But it's kind (laughs) kind of the thing. He comes to the ring for his matches, and he's streaming his vlog yeah and then he sets his phone down in the corner and records the match for his vlog so it's kind of the same thing so i really I, i actually do have something here because everybody who goes through a compound type match uh it's a hardy compound uh ends up having some type of wild outlandish character have you ever seen ancient aliens ever seen what Ancient aliens? No. Are you are you gonna make him the wild hair guy? <laughs> I am gonna make him the wild hair guy. I'm gonna make him basically into Doc Brown slash the alien, ancient alien guy, and he's just gonna come out and have these wild ass theories. And and I think Jericho is the perfect person to play off with him because obviously still a member of the inner circle. Um, and so Jericho can play off of him and, and just be like, what? The- the hell's wrong with you and really ham up the the i mean just outlandish crazy things that have nothing to do with what's going on and as though almost like he's seen things and uh but not like afraid of them just like postulating theories on all of the the outside world that that we don't understand and don't see and and just random random theories random uh, concepts come to his mind and, and he has to write them down and uh, Jericho can even make fun of him for dude I already the listing's been done it's played out stop it I'm not making a list I have to write this down you know <laughs> type thing um, that's where I go. Um, so he's not entirely, he's not just like a Matt Hardy minion or um, something something weird. Just at random, and, and you see a slow progression to it, you know. Suddenly he starts wearing a white coat. Um, occasionally he, he out of nowhere has glasses on with tape in the middle. Because, you know, if we're going to get theoretical about this, let's just pretend that, you know, anybody in the world is automatically some type of mad scientist if they're coming up with crazy theories. So that's where he goes. Should he come to the ring to ICP's Mad Professor? You can call me Mad Professor. 
No. I, I, I think he's too young for that. I, I, yeah, I think I'm we got that. ICP out of wrestling. Let's leave him out. I think they are still very much in wrestling, just yeah, not in mainstream wrestling. I'm pretty sure. No, I, okay. I think we got them out of mainstream wrestling. <laughs> Let's leave them out. Still don't even know why WCW brought them in. Well, WWE first, and then WCW later on. Like, why? <laughs> they were <laughs> relatively popular, and they uh, are actually <laughs> legitimate wrestling fans. Unlike Master P, who came in later. I don't know. I guess he's a legitimate wrestling fan, but uh, the ICP actually trained in wrestling some. Yeah, uh, Juggalo Championship Wrestling still has Teddy Hart as their heavyweight champion. Just still there. Um, For me, I think I kind of go the opposite way. I think, I think uh, Sammy Guevara has... Wait, wait, wait. Let me put my shocked face on. Uh, no, for me, here, here's what it comes down to. Um, while I get where where DFA was going, Sammy Guevara has had the egotistical character for his entire time in AEW. Um, it, it goes back to when they first announced him. His whole gimmick was he'd walk up to a wrestler on his vlog, uh, and the wrestler would be, you know fresh out of a match and hurting and he'd be like yeah I heard I heard your match it sounded great I mean I didn't see it but I heard it um and then he'd rub it in his face that you know he didn't actually watch the match because he's so much better than him I think I think it's time for this to be the catalyst for a turnaround for him for a babyface run and and a straight babyface run where it starts out with him coming back and him doubting the inner circle and realizing that he has lost pretty consistently since being in the inner circle. Um, yeah, he's won a few matches here and there, but the inner circle has not been this ticket to the top that that it was kind of pitched to him as. Uh, and that Jericho has not led him to the promised land. And then, you know, him realizing that they've been taking advantage of him and he's been kind of their whipping boy with MJF in it that, that plays into this even more because uh MJF obviously does not like Sammy uh the joke that um like real life well no in, the, in this in this is MJF cuz like he bought he, he bought uh jackets for all of the inner circle members but he didn't remember to buy one for Sammy and then when he finally did get one for Sammy it was like five sizes too big uh, you know, all of these things going back. And then Sammy and uh, Ortiz were the only ones who didn't want MJF in the inner circle. Uh, and so they they were against him joining. So all of that stuff kind of plays into why I think he would, uh, this would be a catalyst for him being like, you listen, I joined you because it was expected that that you'd take me to the top. And all I have been since then is a whipping boy to you. So in this way, it leads to kind of the same thing. Eventually a match between Sammy Guevara and Jericho, setting Sammy Guevara up to be another star built by Jericho. But for this, I just think it's kind of one of those things where giving him a run as as a, as a baby face um, 
as at this young age, he's got the charisma, he's got the talent, he's got the look for all of this stuff. This is the time to give him his babyface run. Uh, and then it'll be oh so much sweeter when you do finally turn him heel again and he turns on whoever his friends are at that point. So that's what I would do with him. A short, short run feuding with Jericho and then a run building him up as the next star of the company. And then a heel turn, maybe even a heel turn on a friend to guarantee himself a shot at the championship or the TNT championship if they don't want to put him in world title picture just yet. Um, you know, you have him after he separates from Jericho, you have him side with with Darby Allen for a while, come to Darby Allen's aid quite a few times, uh, but eventually leading up to the big betrayal on Darby Allen, turn on him try to take the belt from him sort of a thing that's probably what i would do hmm. okay i like that too so uh, so here just looking at this uh uh matt hardy defeated sammy guevara mjf and wardlow defeated sammy guevara and ortiz uh on dark he defeated lee johnson uh but before that broken rules match at the all-out pay-per-view matt hardy defeated him um before that uh the tables match uh sammy guevara won but if I'm remembering correctly, that was kind of a weird schmoz. Uh, before that, Best Friends and Jurassic Express beat the Inner Circle. Um, so he doesn't exactly have this great record right now in AEW um, overall. And uh, I think that plays into why he, it makes sense for him to turn. I, I could see them keeping him out of the heavyweight division for a while. He's booked right now as only being like 190 pounds. So, you know, give him a little bit of time to bulk up before you put him in the, the actual world title picture. But a TNT title run could definitely be something for him. Wouldn't hurt him. Wouldn't hurt him, yeah. I was just trying to make the, the compound matter. Thanks, bud. I'm making the compound matter. This is him coming back from the compound going, Jesus, every time I've done all the things that this Jericho wants and I just keep getting my ass kicked. Well, and theoretically, he can come back Wednesday and be like, where the hell were you guys? Well, we had we had our own matches here. Well, except for Santana oh, no. Ortiz, we're actually there. So we're there, yeah. Um, to try to help him, so... He had I'm members of the Intercircle. Jericho, and Jericho had the match with MJF. <laughs> yeah, but but in in fairness to both of our kind of talking, uh, Sammy Guevara's vlog this week featured him at the end wandering around lost after the elite deletion match uh, with no one there to help him. And uh, so it, even his vlog is playing into this where something will change from that match. We'll see this week. We'll find out if there's going to be some change. Or maybe we won't see this week. Who knows? Yes. Yeah, maybe we won't. Yeah, no. I like those uh, I like those ideas. Um, I just, you got to get him out of the inner circle. I don't care what you do with him. Just get him out of the inner circle. He's never going to lead um, by doing the inner circle stuff, I feel. He'll just always be the guy on the side. And he can easily be a top superstar in my opinion i think uh well i mean he's still young and so on but if they give him the right kind of gimmick uh the whole blog thing i don't think is gonna work i mean he kind of does that now um but definitely yeah i like to 
I, yeah, I just hope they do something good with him and get him out of the inner circle. Well, MJF thing, like you mentioned, Smarks, uh, that's probably going to lead him to leaving, which would also make my Sting thing make sense, too. He has nobody with his blog. Sting can kind of help him out there. Sting can take out Wardlow. Feud with MJF. Oh, snap. Yeah, there we go. Bam. I'll yeah. take it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think one way or another, the, um, the uh, a whole reason Sammy Guevara's in the inner circle is for eventually that to catapult him into a feud with the inner circle to build him a bigger star. Everything Jericho has done with AEW in the entire last year and a half that he's been involved in AEW has been based on Jericho building up the next generation. Every single thing, even this MJF thing going on right now is about building up the next generation. Well, I mean, look, you had, you had jungle boy, not tap. Yes, you had Jungle Boy. Jungle you had Boy Darby Allen. Time on a draw. The Jericho said he would win, or or it's a Jungle Boy win. Mm-hmm. But that's that's my point. Is it's Jungle Boy? Darby you had Darby Allen. Yeah. You had have MJF. Every single that's feud that he's done. Mox. I mean, Mox really, was... he he built up Mox. Mox mm-hmm. was more than he was. He, even though he beat Hangman Page, you would argue that he elevated Hangman Page with that match. There's there's not a soul who after watching that match didn't go okay now I know who Hangman Page is mm-hmm. and and wow. here's the deal I I will say it again I think I've said it before um, and may, if I haven't it's overdue for me to say it there was one thing going into that match Hangman Page with Jericho for the title that first match I was 100% convinced that they should put it on Hangman Page and I was wrong there was the it was absolutely the right choice for them to put it on Jericho to start. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, can you say that again, Smarks? You were what? I was wrong on that. And I think I've said that before on this specific thing. I've I've mentioned it that I I I still think from from the standpoint, if you're trying to build someone out under most situations, that's when you put it on your, your homegrown star. And in fairness, it would have helped alleviate a lot of the complaints that you have from WWF fanboys, where they're just like, oh, they just put the belts on all the former WWF guys. But absolutely, in the long-term storytelling standpoint, it was absolutely the right choice to have Jericho win over Hangman Page. Truth be told, uh, because, I think if COVID wasn't a thing right now, Mox wouldn't be the champ right now. Um, I, don't think, I think they'd have taken it off of him by now. I don't know about that. Well, you know, with with AEW only having four main pay-per-views a year, that kind of changes the math on lots of things. If this was a, a WWE style with 12 pay-per-views a year, then yeah, there's no way they, they keep Mox as the champion for this long with that many defenses. But... Uh, with it just being four, there aren't enough defenses for it to feel so old yet for Mox. Um, yeah. Now, now there are a lot of people that anticipate the Kenny Omega uh, Mox match to happen before the end of the year. There are probably as many people who anticipate it to happen at Revolution. Um, it could go either way. Uh, I I feel like that's a little bit too long to string out that match too. Uh, however, you can have multiple versions of that match, but we know, I I think you talk to anyone who's been following wrestling for a while, you know that eventually the goal for this is not uh, Omega versus Moxley for the championship, but uh, Omega versus Hangman Page for the championship. 
Yeah, I think that's the storyline that they're telling. And um, so I think they they string it out for a few months with Omega versus Moxley. Um, Maybe, like I say, have a match um, on Dynamite in like early December um, or maybe even mid-December that that goes to time limit draw uh, or, or no contest or something like that double count out you know, that leads up to a big match being put at Revolution for the belt that's in a cage or that's, no count. That's in their styling. I mean, you could just do a dark dark match, but we're putting the title on the line. Yeah, something. Um, I I think I think both Moxley and Omega would prefer for this to be their, their showcase of in-ring versus hardcore style. Uh, yeah, because they had their showcase a year ago of of dark match, uh, you know, and and they and, whatever they called it, yeah, and it was it was phenomenal. Um, it was a great, great unsanctioned match. It but, was worth the fines. But in the end, this one I think needs to be finished in the ring. But that's why I, you know, AEW hasn't gone to the cage match. Uh, very often. Um, I think there's only been like two. I'll have to go back and look at the, the stats for it. I didn't even realize there was two. I thought there was just the one with uh, uh, Wardlow and Cody. Maybe. Maybe, maybe I'm remembering one that's not not actually a cage match. Um, but that's my point. Or maybe I'm thinking about the um, Blood and Guts match that never happened. Oh, that could be. That might be what's but that's my point. They haven't gone to the cage match very often. So, so yeah, you have a match middle of December somewhere, uh, Kenny Omega versus Moxley, and you have it go to double count out uh, or time limit draw or something. I like the idea of double count out because it sets up the gimmick a little bit better. Mm. And and then you say, we're going to settle this. We're going to settle this in a, in a cage, and there's going to be no time limit. There has to be a winner. Uh, uh, and and have them put on this great match in a cage, and then Kenny Omega becomes the champion, and that's when uh, Hangman Page comes out and challenges Omega and says, "You beat me for your shot, but now I want my shot at you," or something like that, and starts the feud there, uh, leading up to eventually Hangman Page being the champion. And Ed, we talked a little bit on WBU about long-term booking and AEW maybe stumbling into some great long-term booking. Um, arguably, maybe it was a stumbling in, but you know, this is something. Hangman Page eventually winning the championship is long-term booking, and it's it's obvious that this is the the story that they're telling. It's the downfall of Hangman Page and the eventual rise up of Hangman Page, and eventually claiming that title. And by the time they do it, that'll be nearly two years of storytelling. You know, and that doesn't mean it has to happen that quickly. It might even end up being three years. Yeah, it might be. But I think that's the story that they're eventually having. And you know, at that point, I mean, even if Kenny Omega, when Kenny Omega wins, you're going to have the Young Bucks as as tag champions. And I'm saying when Kenny Omega wins because I'm fairly confident he's going to win. Um, but Young Bucks as tag champions currently. 
Kenny Omega as world champion, Darby Allen as TNT champion, and Hikaru Shida as women's champion. Not a single sniff of WWE in the bunch. Yeah, you know. very valid. Um, Ooh, what a good uh, time to have Sting come back. Oh, yeah. Young Bucks were were fake DX in an episode of WWE SmackDown one time or whatever it was. It's not the same thing. Such a big oh, I didn't realize that was a thing. You didn't realize that? It, well, it was... What was that? That was ages ago, no? It was a while ago, but um, I gotta see if I can find it and we'll see if... I my... mean, I just don't remember, like... Because, I mean, I hardly watched SmackDown back in the day, so I could have just completely missed it, too. I don't know if it was SmackDown. It might have been Raw. Um, well, then that shut me up real quick. Two, two, it was ECW, technically. Mm. But I in, definitely didn't watch. In 2008. Um, so it was it was WWECW, right? right? It wasn't, like, real. But it was a, uh episode of The Dirt Sheet, I believe, at, with Miz and Morrison. And they had the Young Bucks playing DX because Miz and Morrison were in a feud with them, I think, at the time. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. We've got one more fantasy booking to get through. We do. And I'm not going to forget about it this week. Well, we didn't forget about that. We forgot it on something else, but that's all right. Anyway. Um... So we've done a lot of AEW, and obviously AEW just had an event. Um, but we've also recently talked about WWE on other shows, and I'd like to talk about them again. So there's a pet peeve that a lot of people have around, I don't know, this time of year with WWE, where they have this pay-per-view that was really good once upon a time, and now it just seems to be brand versus brand. So I'd like you guys to book a modern-day traditional um, Survivor Series, man. You can choose any of the current WWE rosters. You can choose to build a faction. You can choose an existing faction. You can choose if it's five or four man. You can choose tag teams or non-tag teams. You can choose uh, a four-team tag team, five-team tag team, but build... God, can you imagine trying to come up with 10 team, 10 tag teams? Probably don't try and do a five team tag team because you won't ever get to 10. Anyway, but build the story, the, 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 the reason for the feud and a good Survivor Series match that isn't just, well, I might hate him, but I'm on that show. Go. Uh, that's tough. Um, I don't think it's as tough as you think, but that's... Well, uh, so part of why I think it's tough is based on the fact that WWE is light on factions right now, and they're light on multi-character storylines, right? So much of WWE's storylines right now is one person versus one person. At most, tag team versus tag team. Like Miz and Morrison versus insert other tag team. Um, and so there aren't many that are multiple people. Uh, like especially when you get to above three, how many factions in WWE can you name that are above three people? But you can use, like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. You can, but at the same point, none of the feuds are quite big enough for that right now. Like, well, you know... that's your job to build it. The, the only one that right now is kind of that big, you could argue, is Hurt Business versus Retribution right now. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, and and even that isn't that big because nobody gives a fuck about either side of that t- fight. Like I don't know, that backstabber, dude. It Ali's backstabber on Ricochet. It, it's a it's a big move. I'm not saying anything I wanna, about. I want to see more of that. <laughs> I'm not saying any, the, the moves themselves. My point is: is there any reason for us to give a fuck about uh, retribution? They've given us zero storyline for them other than... Because they beat the Hurt Business. Uh, You can do whatever you want to do. But but I'm talking just about in reality right now. Nobody right now in reality gives a fuck about DX. uh, uh, Retribution. Also, in reality, very few people give two Fs about Hurt Business. Mm. Like, they're, they're an inconsequential... Uh, because we haven't been given like a reason to care. Now, I'm giving WWE some leeway on a lot of this stuff because this is COVID times. And because of that, it's really hard to judge what people are over and what people are just fake over, right? From a fan standpoint, but also from a from a business standpoint, from a reality standpoint in WWE, right? And I know they struggled with it with, with um, Drew McIntyre. They cannot tell that without fans there to cheer and boo, it's really hard for them to tell was Drew McIntyre over as a champion or was he just fake over because they thought he was. Now, I was cheering for Drew McIntyre. So in my opinion, I think he was over as a champion. But as a fan, it's hard for me to tell because even when we heard cheering on TV, we know it wasn't real cheering. And now we know that even when you saw people in the audience cheering and reacting happy, that that might not have been real either, because there have been multiple reports of WWE reusing footage from the Thunderdome. So because of that... Well, I mean, by that same token, when did we find out that Roman was truly over with fans? When we went to a live show. Yeah, Yeah. we we had thought that they were piping on television like you go to a live show together the two of us went together and we went holy shit there's real pop for this guy i understand why vince believes it because there's real pop still for him yeah and that's the deal is with with things like drew mcintyre and the hurt business and retribution right now it's almost impossible for us to know are they over or are they fake over um and it's the same thing with heels like I, I think Randy Orton is performing at the absolute peak of his game right now. For me, I feel he is. But without actual fans there to boo him, it's impossible for us to truly know, right? And so that's what makes this a little tougher. Now, um, it's, it's also tougher. Like, when talking about booking a Survivor Series match, four-on-four, five-on-five, doesn't matter, but a traditional one that's not brand versus brand, you know, I, I immediately think... Okay, so let's put the fiend, but uh, but with with a character like the fiend, it then becomes almost impossible to book four or three other people to be on his side. If he was still Bray Wyatt and still had the Wyatt family, that's a little easier. You can reunite the Wyatt family, but with with the fiend, it becomes a tougher thing. So then I'm like, well, maybe I don't use the fiend, right? Uh, and so then I'm like, well, I don't want to do the hurt business. Although, in reality, they probably, if they had done either Retribution or the Hurt Business better, uh, either or would have been a perfect setup for a a traditional Survivor Series, right? Let's just say the Hurt Business. You have the Hurt Business be this 
heel team like they were supposed to be from the beginning and just coming in and bullying every wrestler, right? Every single wrestler. And they were setting this up. They had uh, them bullying uh, Ricochet and Ali and Apollo Crews and Cedric Alexander. And that's four wrestlers there. So then you've got the three wrestlers from the Hurt Business, because this was pre-Cedric Alexander joining. You have them recruit someone else there. You've got four-on-four traditional Survivor Series match there. But they didn't do that with with the Hurt Business. They then had the Hurt Business just kind of be, I don't know, there. And they're like, well, we'll we'll rescue the company from retribution. But then they didn't rescue the company from retribution. They so didn't do anything. So this is your permission to, to hit rewind if you want. Yeah, you but... You can rewind it up to a year. You just can't rewind like six years. But in the end, I, I you know, we're still running into... I could rewind that and, and try to redo that. But the question is, do I want to <laughs> at that point? You know, is that worthy of of fixing, or is there something better to do? Right. I'm 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 being 100% honest. This is my brain thinking through things. Right. Uh, we we keep this off the cuff, so I'm I'm working through it in my brain as right now. Is is it worth trying to fix retribution? Is it worth trying to fix hurt business to make them better to make a better storyline, or would it be better to start with something else altogether? Would it be better for me to book the Survivor Series match as the Undisputed Era versus um, Imperium or or, or whatever or whatever Pat McAfee's people preventing Undisputed Era from taking over or under, or Undisputed Era and whatever they're calling Pat McAfee's group? I can't even remember right now. Yeah, they <laughs> they have a name for it. I just don't remember what his name. Just not a very good one, apparently. Hello. Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm trying to trying to figure right. out that figure out the group name because mm-hmm. it hurts me that that I'm like. Anyways, so so that like in reality, if we're talking current storylines, that's the storyline I would probably lean towards more is is going. Hey, you know, uh, let's make a Survivor Series match. That's the Undisputed Era, all four of them, versus Pat McAfee's group, which is Pat McAfee. Um, Pete Dunne and uh, uh, Lorcan and Birch. Hmm. I think that's probably the way I would I would go with current stuff. So now the question in my brain is, do I want to just do that, or do I want to put together an actual group um, rather than I just God, I just like I said uh, for me. And keep in mind, I'm I'm trying to do this with one hand behind my back because. I'm really not super familiar with what's going on on SmackDown because, again, I still can't watch it live, and so I try to catch up on it later, um, but I don't catch everything. So I don't know storylines that they're doing on SmackDown. So that maybe they're doing something on SmackDown right now that would be perfect for it, but at the moment I, I can't think of anything. So, so you could have the Mysterio family versus the Disciples and Rollins. <sighs> Sorry, I said that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's really because they essentially have to be connected somehow, right? To make that Survivor Series team. Well, yes and no. I like like Da Fabe said, it can be the enemy of my enemy sort of thing. I mean, the storyline that they've told multiple times before has been, you know, two people feuding, uh, and so then friends of this person join up and friends of that person join up, 
and they're all in one big schmoz for bragging rights. Oh. Yeah, I mean, there was one where it was Double J and the roadie, which is, uh, oh, good God, why can't I think of his name? It's Brad Armstrong. Uh, <laughs> Road Dog. Road Dog, thank you. Yeah, the real Double, Double J. Double J and the roadie, and I think maybe Boss Man was with him. <laughs> you know, it was just like, why are these guys all together? Oh, that's right. Because Mark Henry and D'Lo and uh, Bret Hart are on a team. And you're just like, that's fine. Whatever. It works. Sometimes it didn't work that way back then. Sometimes it worked great back then. So yeah, so like back in 1990, you had the Warriors versus the perfect team. So it was Ultimate Warrior and, and his group versus Mr. Perfect and his group, right? You had the Mega Powers versus the Twin Towers. Um, you had Team Orton versus Team Batista. Uh, that one, Mega Powers, that was 88, but I can't remember exactly what. Uh, I'm just going through here. Those were some honorable mentions. but um, So uh, Survivor Series 95, Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson, British Bulldog, and Psycho Sid. Versus Yokozuna, Owen Hart, Razor Ramon, and Dean Douglas. Uh, yeah, that, that's a whole lot of doesn't make sense. It's a whole lot of doesn't, but it's one of those things where they At got the time, together. It... Mm-hmm. They got together. And that's the deal. It wasn't just these are people from one fan or from one group versus other. Um, Survivor Series 93, Hart family versus Shawn Michaels and his knights. So Red Knight, Blue Knight, and Black Knight. 94 was Teamsters versus something, and that was... Michaels and Diesel versus whomever. Uh, so apparently the Knights were Greg Valentine, Barry Horowitz, and a guy named Jeff Gaylord. With a name like that, it's not surprising he didn't wrestle seriously in WWF forever to that. Um, million Dollar Team versus the Dream Team. So this was when Ted DiBiase put together his team and Dusty Rhodes put together his team. You know? Um, I mean, think about it. That was Survivor Series 90. Ted DiBiase, The Undertaker, The Honky Talk Man, and Greg Valentine versus Dusty Rhodes, Coco Beware, Bret Hart, and Jim Neidhart. Jesus, what a team. <laughs> Survivor yeah. Series 87, Team Hogan versus Team Andre. What were the teams, though? So Andre, One Man Gang, King Kong Bundy, Butch Reed, and Rick Rude uh, versus Hulk Hogan, Paul Orndorff, Don Morocco, Ken Patera, and Bam Bam Bigelow. Okay, I mean, there is some randoms, so... Team I... versus Team Flair. 91. Ric Flair, the Mountie, Ted DiBiase, and the Warlord versus Roddy Piper, Bret Hart, Virgil, and Davy Boy Smith. <laughs> so, but like, that, that's really what it came down to is, I mean, there, a, we could go back and look up the backstory about the reason behind those groups, but they were usually kind of like DA Fabe said, <clears throat> it was Ric Flair versus somebody. At that, t- at that time, I, I think it was Rick and Bret. Yeah. Rick versus Brett, uh, and then, or or Rick versus Roddy, I can't even remember, because it was Team Piper, so maybe it was that. And and he recruited the Mountie, Ted DiBiase, and the Warlord to be on his side, and Roddy Piper... Uh, oh, that's right, because the Mountie had that big feud with Flair, with, with Brett at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett Hart, Virgil, and Davy Boy Smith, so... So it's one of those things where, where, yeah, and maybe in my head I'm making it more complex, but... I, I I just I don't see too many like single people that I'm like, hey, I want to see them team together. Um, in fact, in many ways, right now in WWE, my biggest problem is the random tag teams that they're just like, hey, let's throw these two people together for no reason whatsoever. 
Well, that and I guess Rock kind of did that with the whole enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? So Raw technically kind of did that on their end with AJ. Well, and... yeah, they, they still do that, but the premise is still we're putting together a team to face off against SmackDown. And the traditional one would have been whoever's the captain of the team on Raw would be feuding with someone specific. And, and maybe even someone on Raw, because that would make even more sense. And so it would be a Raw-exclusive Survivor Series match, um, where it was, you know, it would be AJ Styles putting together his team, and then the person that he was feuding with put together their team and feud. And frankly, DA Fabe and I have talked before about how we're tired of the Raw versus SmackDown storyline, because they go 11 months out of the year and people on Raw don't give an F about what the people on SmackDown are doing. And then all of a sudden, it's like, we got to prove we're better than SmackDown. Well, and the, the hard part with this one in particular is it there was just a draft. Draft, yes. You just did a draft. So you couldn't even build build locker room camaraderie if you wanted to in a month's time. Well, yeah, because you put Matt Riddle on the team Raw. And a month ago, he was on SmackDown. Yeah. You know, so yeah. why does he have this loyalty to Raw right now? Uh, yeah, this makes it very useful. Which opens up the opportunity for, for backstabbings and turns and stuff like that, which is why I, I was giving you this window. Um, but if you don't want to book it, it's fine. <laughs> that, that's fine. I just, I would, I just can't think of right now four or five unconnected wrestlers that I want to put in a Survivor Series match right now. Okay, we'll, we'll, let, we'll go ahead and let the other person go first. Because <laughs> like, like hasn't even figured out yet either. Yeah, but he's really good at slinging bullcrap together. <laughs> and <laughs> even, I mean, it, good it, he it. might put bullcrap together and it just becomes a bigger pile of bullcrap. Really but it's good still... at slinging bullcrap together? I call shenanigans on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he... He's capable of putting bullcrap together <laughs> and perhaps leaving us with a larger pile of bullcrap, occasionally leaving us with, wow, that was really profound. By occasionally, I mean typically, I think it's happened. That's, that's what I think. Well, I think I'm not going to answer your whole freaking shindig with that explanation of my non-unprofoundness. So you, sir, uh, can... So, again, I was on the show with you when you did the incredible thrown together Lana's championship run that I thought at the end of it, when we both answered it, we both went, wow, that was a better segment that I could have possibly imagined it was going to be. And here's the downside to that. That is what you're saying is my most profound creative moment. Oh, that's your most recent one. No, you you have incredibly profound creative moments when we do the botch longs, but Smarks isn't there for those. So. Very valid. Um... So Smarks is right. I am going to put bullshit together. <laughs> because no, because it's it's genuinely kind of hard with how you made it. They have to kind of know each other. And yes, you can have enemies of frenemies and so on. Um, but it still can be... It can be women's if you guys want. You could have Bailey and Sasha have a feud with their friends. Bailey and Sasha don't have friends. <laughs> okay, you could have spent a couple months building up Bailey and Sasha getting friends. I would like to technically see Braun with Bray as the fiend, 
that would somewhat be interesting because we can see how they would have to coincide. Uh, they make it a stipulation where they can't necessarily hit each other during the match or cause Raw to lose or else they both get fired. Some sort of deal. Um, just because they've obviously had a recent feud recently on SmackDown. Uh, well, recently, I guess, was kind of earlier this year. Um, yeah, recent. No, wasn't that like SummerSlam? Or like the one before? Yeah. So it's fairly recent. Summer, yeah. Uh, um, and then, but then those two with connections to those two, I... <sighs> <laughs> so connection to those two would be uh i guess at this sake who was the one that uh, sheamus would be there but sheamus has no nothing with bray you know um where they all kind of connect it's kind of hard um and then i'm just kind of technically making the actual raw team that they have currently um <laughs> you just added bray dude that's not no i know but um yeah, I'm not liking this challenge. But I do like Braun and Bray in there. For sure, for sure, for sure. Who else has feuded? It, it would be tied around Bray's feud. Remember, there's lots of ways you can build this. And, and I, I'm, I'm going to back you up just a second so you can remember other ways that it's been built. So it's been built, enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's been built, um, we trained in the same cloth. Um, it's been built, uh, uh, This is, these are the similar gimmicks right now. It's been built, this guy, this legend, because this also happened at... Now, it wasn't truly, it was an Elimination Survivor Series match, but it actually happened in Saudi Arabia. Flair Hogan, both captaining their own. So you can have a legend come back and captain their own. Two legends come back and captain their own. You know, feel free to do, build it however. <laughs> See, if you would have said that at the beginning, we maybe would have, we would have been limitless. We felt you, so you, you could have just constricted. I said you could use whatever you wanted to use. But you have to use the current roster. You can have somebody say, "Oh, I want, I want all crazy guys." So I'm going to have Dexter Loomis and Bray Wyatt, and, and uh, I'm trying to think somebody else who has a crazy guy role <laughs> right now. Um, I would like I, technical Survivor Series matchup. So okay. you have Shelton, you have Shelton, you have uh, you have Shelton, you have Matt Riddle, you have. Um, why can't I think of any more technical wrestlers on Raw? You have Shelton, Matt Riddle. They don't all have to be on Raw. You can say Finn Balor's healthy. Boom, he's there. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Finn Balor. Uh, uh, Daniel Bryan. Okay. Wrestle, right? He's not retired again. Daniel Bryan. Um, Daniel Bryan. That would actually be a nice tag team with Finn Balor in that, too. And also, I don't know if I'd qualify Keith Lee as too technical. Daniel Bryan wise uh, but give me Gable so you have Shelton and Gable back together Daniel Bryan leading that and Drew Gulak as a team that's your ultimate technical so so you have Shelton Riddle Bryan Dan Gable Gulak Gulak so six on this team okay no five Shelton Gable Gulak Bryan and Baylor and uh, Balor okay five. what happened what happened to uh, Shorty G Shelton Gable. That's Ballard. Okay, that's five. Yeah. Uh, so that would be your technical team. Um, 
And do I do technical versus technical on SmackDown? SmackDown. Well, I guess we're not. I'm stupid Survivor Series. They got me in this way of thinking just. See? <laughs> crossover, whatever you want to crossover. And then I've had, I've ha- I would have Adam Cole as captain for the other Survivor Series. Okay. With Gargano. Okay. Uh, Champa. Um, I don't want to just take all. No, you said now. Riddle on that other team. That was the fifth, the other one you left out. It was Riddle. Oh, poor Riddle. So okay. Six. So, so move out, move out Baylor, and put Riddle in. Okay, Baylor's out. Got it. Baylor, sorry. Um, yeah. So for SmackDown, we got Gargano, Champa, uh, Cole. For the other team, not necessarily SmackDown. Or we're for the other team. Excuse me. <laughs> Um, I guess yeah. Why can't I Cesaro? Okay. And just for the heck of it, I can't think of any more technical-ish guys. So uh, Seth Balor. Oh my God, Seth, Seth, Seth. Yes, but Adam Cole is still your uh, is still your captain. Ooh, that's a good opportunity for a turn. I like it. Okay. I don't know why they didn't even involve anyone from NXT at all. I don't know why you're not trying to showcase them on Survivor Series. If you're going to make them at least NXT kind of joint. They won them- Survivor Series last year. <laughs> yeah, but that was last year. This is this year. That's what I'm saying. Is And now you're just, uh, you got uh, sold off, mate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And um, just at least make them as part of your top four pay-per-views. Don't put them in all the because yeah. they have their own, like whatever, that's fine. But put them in your top four. Now, there might be that issue where, yes, they also do usually the pay-per-views when they do the top fours. <clears throat> you can always change that. Doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, you have to keep to that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't like with any brand like Raw, SmackDown, NXT. They're just doing stupidness. NXT is the most kind of long-term books long-term books but everything else from retribution to the heart business to lana's table doings to um whoa i missed that episode <laughs> table doings table <laughs> that uh that seems a little nc-17 for wwe <laughs> Here, here, I here. I was thinking Miro is gonna be after you. There, he's gonna be after NC Seventeen after this, or after WWE after that. Oh man, I'm I I would I'm so interested in what Miro thinks of what they're doing with Lana. <laughs> I think he's probably mentioned something, but earlier on when Lana was only put through one table, so I'd be uber curious to I know. I mean, this what... is a guy who was willing to because his wife was involved in the storyline and was willing to get her a push by saying it was a good storyline on on Twitter on a regular basis, and then he left the company. Yeah, well, he's going to defend it, though, right? I mean, he's part of it. He's not going to... Or else WWE would have kept yeah. far earlier, so he's obviously going to push it. But now that he's not there and he has... Well, again, he might not still say anything because of Lana. But again, Lana's there for like another two, three years, and they can't push her down any more than they have with this with this uh, table bonanza over here. So by all means, Miro, just just let it spew. Because hot tickety damn, like the worst thing, the best thing that can happen to her is her getting fired. I'd love for him to tweet at Naya and be like, listen, bitch, I'm the only one who drives my wife through a table. 
<laughs> what is happening with Miro now, anyways? Too. Um, he's in a feud on AEW with the best friends. Uh, okay. Yeah. Over over a video game. <laughs> right. Crickets. Oh, Jesus. Not, There's not, occasionally going to be even AEW gets crickets moments, man. Yeah. Not not all of their storylines are winners. Um, <laughs> Just this the is one had last week's pay per view. Yeah, this one, uh, this one's a little bit, yeah. Um, but I, like, I get it. AEW's rocking a hard place with Miro. They, they don't want to try to portray him the same way that WWE did. They want him to develop a new character and all of that stuff. But at the same point, (laughs) you need to have him be a beast. And so, but start having a flip every minivan he sees on its side. So he's effectively be their Braun Strowman? Is that what you're telling us? Who's angry at minivans because he, they might be the best friends in her. Yep. Just minivans. Just <laughs> minivans. Oh, and honestly, Miro's still not great on the mic. Like, no, he really needs he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's just so not well together. Well, I think that's part of why they put him with Kip Sabian because Kip Sabian's a lot better on the mic. Um, yeah, but the problem with Kip Sabian, and I'm sorry, Kip, you are a phenomenal wrestler. He has no star power. Miro has star power, but at the same Art. time, you can't aside him with Kip. When Kip Art. hasn't been on like a main card storyline since he's been there. So, um, are are you implying that Aiden English had star power? Yes, he did. Because ultimately, the same argument that you just used for why Kip Sabian doesn't work. Uh, can be applied to Aiden English. In the end, I'm I'm not taking this argument because Miro is the star power, right? In a in a situation like this, you have star power and you have mouthpiece, and they aren't always the same person, right? Jimmy Hart was never the star power in any of his uh, <laughs> managerial roles, right? He was the mouthpiece. Some people thought he was good on the mic. I fucking hate Jimmy Hart, but. But Which, but that's what exactly he's what he's supposed to do. Yeah, you're supposed to hate him. So I guess um, <laughs> I wouldn't pee on him if he was on fire. But uh, he maybe he did his job too well. <sighs> anyways, oh, so much hatred. Ouch. <laughs> anyways, so Sparks doesn't go soft when he's angry. Holy cow! No, no, I I've got a very very long fuse on things, but that last little bit of it is very very fast. And once it's burnt, it's burnt. I don't go back. There are no backsies with my fuse. So, <laughs> I mean, from doesn't go soft when he gets angry to there's no backsies with my fuse got me all kinds of dirty jokes in my head. Gee golly. Yeah, dirty jokes just aren't in your head. <laughs> in my pants. Uh, also, your mouth. Oh God! So you're just not going to answer the Survivor Series question, is that it? No, I was just waiting to make sure you were done. <laughs> well, are you going to tell us who wins yours? No, I'm going to let you guess that one until the Survivor Series happens. Now, um, <laughs> I, I I would go with um, the uh, second team with Team NXT because I think doing that would at least get them on, would get Adam Cole um, on the main roster. And with those specific people as well, they're with him. And there's no way that they could ba- botch that. That WWE can botch such phenomenal talent like that to make them downgrade into a roster. They're, they come in as a faction with Gargano, Cole, 
Champa and uh, Seth leading that as well. That would be dope. You can't go wrong. If you have Seth backing you, <coughs> you cannot go wrong. That's like the ultimate team. That is uh, essentially the why, uh, undisputed era for, let's say, SmackDown. If they all go to SmackDown. So <laughs> you put them in a lot of different places already. And I love it. <laughs> Well, because I mean, the majority of them, there's so three and strong over WWE forcing you to have them on a brand that you cannot not put them on a, on a, brand, on a brand. Screw you, Vince McMahon. <laughs> He's literally ruined Survivor Series for you in a matter of 10 years. Yep. <laughs> Completely ruined. I, I can no longer be random. It's always just stigma with brands I'm screwed forever now. Damn you, Vince. <laughs> It wasn't even 10 years. It was just six. Wow. Six years. Although, although in fairness, I, I guess maybe it's 10 years total. It's only been since the rebrand split that they've been doing it. But they, they did. did do it on the old brand split. They did do it on the old brand split for a while, too. <laughs> so and maybe it's 10 years total. Um, I am. I, I've got my idea. I've got my idea. So um. We are building this off. And now, it, the one thing with this is it also has to be abandoning the champion versus champion gimmick of Survivor yeah. Series as well. Right. Um, because this is going to be partially continuing the Orton versus Drew feud. Okay. Orton versus McIntyre feud. So uh, you have Team Orton versus Team McIntyre. Okay. Um, Drew's team will be comprised of Braun Strowman, Keith Lee, Ricochet, and Matt Riddle. Oh, I love how Ricochet is there. You're so awesome. Um, it, it, it fits in because here's the deal. You can't just have it be a big hoss battle, right? You have to have some fun spots in it, which also plays into Orton's team being Sheamus, Lashley, Miz, and Morrison. Uh, Miz Morrison and Ricochet bring a lot of flip-de-doo and fun into things. Uh, Riddle brings kind of a newer, more MMA-inspired style to it. Um, but I'm more excited about, you know, Braun and Keith Lee and Sheamus and, and Bobby Lashley all being in there. <coughs> so so you've got Big Hoss versus Big Hoss. You've got a lot of current feuds or potential current feuds building up, you know, and a lot of storylines that can build into this. For instance... Miz is the holder of the Money in the Bank briefcase right now. He's also on Orton's team. So is is there going to be a cash-in if Orton gets pinned? Not if Drew McIntyre can help it. Ooh, but not if Drew McIntyre can help it. Exactly. There's a lot of that intrigue. Um, you could also play this with some sort of stakes involved, like Drew McIntyre's rematch at whatever December's pay-per-view is called. Never fucking remember. Armageddon? Is it still Armageddon? Oh, that was a Bruce Willis movie. It was also a name of a WWE pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> I specifically Don't remember this because of the end of the year. <laughs> Don't want to fall asleep. Because now we're never going to be monetized because <laughs> Fabe won't miss a song. <laughs> um, TLC, I think, is nope. the next one. Uh, nope. TLC happened, no? Did they already have TLC? I feel like they did. This might be an older list that I'm looking at. You're in the wonder who made it. Oh, I wonder I if it was made by someone at TurksandKaikos.com. <laughs> uh, let's click. So, how do you sell? Anyway, 
Uh, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, no, you're right. TLC. Okay, so I, how do you book this? Got so, um, overall, I'm not gonna kind of worry too much about elimination order. So, in the end, like I say, the the stakes will be if if Drew McIntyre wins, he gets a shot at the title. Um, you could throw some side stakes into it, like uh Braun Strowman, you know, putting his hat into the, if he pins Orton, he gets a shot sort of thing or something like that, right? Um, you know, Lashley still finishing up. I know they officially finished up the Hurt Business feud with Ricochet, but that's still still a thing, really. I mean, it's not like they're just like, "Up, oh, yep, he eked out a win for us, so now we're going to forget about him forever." Um, Matt Riddle trying to show off his his skills on a big stage. Um, in the end, I I think this is where you give Drew McIntyre a win. However, uh, you could have some shenanigans happen. Um, I'm not necessarily saying a Miz turn sort of a thing. Heck, it, it's it really could come down to can uh, egos like Orton and Lashley exist on the same team. Uh, I mean, because Lashley obviously has aims at eventually going to that that <coughs> championship. So, oh, and by the way, Lashley, oh my God, this guy cannot talk on the mic. Like, never has been. He's never been great, but I I would argue he's not good at scripted promos. I would argue if you go back to his TNA time when they kind of allowed him to riff, that he was better, not saying he was great, but he was better when they were able to just say, Here, here's the get gist of what you're supposed to say, you know, get it out however you want. It's his um, voice. His voice is so, uh, wow, it's going to sound weird. His voice is somewhat soothing. It's too clean. You know what I mean? For, for your Pierce, this dominant CEO of the heart business, like... It's it just feels weird. Like you're supposed to be this beast that just wants to put everybody in the uh, whatever you call it, the the Lashley lock or whatever. Um, and then when you talk, you just talk so like soothingly, so relaxed, so clean, and it's just like. But this is not the same Lashley we see in the ring. It's so weird. Like it doesn't coexist. Oh, it, maybe it's generational. I remember hearing Mike Tyson talk and then seeing him fight and so my my brain disconnected the way someone talks from the way they fight a long time ago <laughs> that's ludicrous that's ludicrous your concept is just ludicrous people ask me about Hathi's ear what can I say tastes like chicken if Mike Tyson was in Spider-Man the movie would be called The Spider-Man 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 does whatever a spider can which, wait, I, when is the Roy Jones Jr. fight supposed to happen? Is that still going on? No clue. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we might as well just promote that since we made fun of the guy. Jeez. Roy Jones Jr. versus Mike Tyson should be on pay-per-view by soon because I feel like they delayed it back in July and it was supposed to be for November, but COVID is still here, so I'm not sure what's happening. So, I really like Spider-Man a lot. Spider-Man. It, it would have been interesting to see me uh, versus Bonesaw in Spider-Man. Bonesaw is ready. <laughs> uh, November 28th, supposedly. Ah. The best Mike Tyson promo ever, if you guys haven't seen it. the My back is broken. 
I broke my back. My back is broken. Did you like break a vertebrae or what? No, spinal is no. by far. Fine. Um, <laughs> no. I, I don't know. I'll Fine. eat his baby. Is my is my favorite. I'll eat his babies. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Yep. To be fair, I believed him. <laughs> he was pretty crazy back then. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? <laughs> if anyone can do it, it's you, Mike. So, uh, Smarks, who do you have winning? So, you said, in the end, said, well, if you would listen, you said Drew McIntyre. Yeah, he Drew said McIntyre. the team. How? How does the team win? Um, I think we have a falling out between Lashley and Orton. I think they. This is planting the seeds to eventually have Lashley go after the title. Uh, he's With current. It or no. What? With Orton wearing it or no? Um, I don't. I don't think he necessarily goes after it with Orton wearing it because I think, uh, I think you eventually put it back on Drew McIntyre. Um, but I think, I think you plant the seeds that he's the U.S. champion right now, but he wants that belt, and and this is where you start planting the seeds of him moving up. Um, I think Sheamus is mostly in this as kind of the hired thug, and as such, he is more or less expendable. I think Ricochet and Riddle eventually basically cancel out Miz and Morrison. Um, Fair. And so, in the end... It's Lashley and Braun versus Orton and... Yeah. Um, Lashley and versus I, Braun and Orton versus McIntyre. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and Keith Lee's in there as well. Cause oh, Keith I, Lee. And, that, and that's the deal. Is I, th- I think we can play this sort of thing where they're building up, looking like it's going to be Orton versus Drew... Uh, in the end, as as more and more of Team Orton get eliminated, uh, Orton continuing to be kind of the chicken shit heel and uh, not be in the ring as much as possible, looking for his shot to tag in and hit a quick RKO and eliminate people. In fact, maybe you could have him do that. You know, Ricochet is, is going wild on Morrison, um, and uh, Ricochet's going up to hit some sort of a you know the the big top rope move and orton is able to tag in and just jumps in and hits an rko out of nowhere sort of a thing um and maybe do maybe do that once or twice uh in the match i think uh in the end uh it's one of those things where drew never actually gets in the ring at the same time as orton and it comes down to Braun and Keith Lee being the ones who do the final elimination. I'm not saying that that McIntyre and Orton don't have stints in the ring. I'm just saying that that you set it up so they never cross paths in the ring, sort of a thing. Uh, so you can have a fatal four-way tables match. I like it. Mm-hmm. So, and, so in the end, it's Braun and Keith Lee uh, uh, going after it, and maybe you use this like as a set in the seeds for Lashley eventually going after the belt but you know Braun's definitely wanting to be in that picture as well so you set up for a short term feud Braun versus Bobby Lashley Keith Lee somewhere in the mix as well so that's I think how I would I like I like it I was I was really waiting for the oh my god that's Edge Edge has come back but that's all right no, I you know I I get where that's coming from. I'm I'm 100 on the side of I don't actually want to see any more Edge versus Orton. I don't care if it's for no, the I belt. Either. I don't care if it's it's to give Edge the chance of having the belt again one more time or anything like that. I think Edge putting over Keith Lee would be incredible. Keith Lee taking the spear and just being like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I think I think Edge uh, putting over Drew McIntyre would be phenomenal. 
Uh, yeah. I, 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 I love Edge, and I do think he's still got, as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's got some years left in him. But along the same lines, like I said with Chris Jericho uh, before, it's we have to, to understand it's time for him to start building the next generation. Which is really what Orton's done for... Th- this title run for Orton was to give him 14 and to have him build build yes. McIntyre. I mean, it, it builds McIntyre because McIntyre won two against him. So <laughs> he'll get another one. But, but that's, I think, basically how I would do it. Cool. See, it just took a little while. Yeah, it just took a little while. I just, like, my other concept was doing something a little closer to what J.O.B. did, but basically Undisputed Era, and I just couldn't figure out a good way to do it that wasn't just all... You would have had to have an invasion about a month and a half ago of Undisputed Era. Well, or have it be an NXT Survivor Series match. So are they... Is And, and I, I just haven't seen. Is NXT still doing their takeover right before that? Um, as far as I know, no. As far as I know, uh... Takeover sucks. War Games is such a good takeover. No, because their War Games is on December 6th. Oh, so or be after it. NXT TakeOver is on December 6th. They're trying to break it up more so that, so that we can't do as many WBUs. Vince is tired of getting accused of crimes. So... Anyway. Well, good job. I liked it. And both of those are really fun. Actually more fun than head-to-heads. Mm-hmm. Brand versus well, brand. Yeah, I mean, the brand versus brand. First of all, it absolutely makes no sense when you've got three brands. Um, to only have two of them? To only have two of them. And and even when you when you include all three of them, it still doesn't make any sense. Because in the end, unless, unless you set up the brands as if they're operating as entirely separate entities. Yep. Which means no yearly draft between the brands, no uh, wild card rule or whatever the the rule is now. I can't even remember what they call it, but it can come I over think you could have contract expirations. You could remember, have. Remember when Brock Lesnar was the most valued free agent in the game because yeah. he held you the title. You have contract expirations and, and free agency. The uh, the thing is operating them as fully separate entities allows you to bring back the kayfabe you're fired concept you've got someone on raw and you want them to be on smackdown you you fire them from raw or you have them lose a i quit match and the i quit is literally quitting raw um and then they get to go over to smackdown or whatever right but also a ton of long-term booking yeah it also allows you to do things like like they're doing right now with sonya deville of of uh you know she quit wwe well, you have her quit SmackDown, and then she takes some time off, and then suddenly shows up on Raw, you know. Yeah. Um, but anywho, the in the end, we've talked many times before about our hatred overall of the gimmick-themed pay-per-views, just in general. Um, Survivor this Series is, is one that I gets the least. Yeah. Well, it gets a little bit of a pass because it's about one specific style of match, but if they'd kept it the same concept of the match it would be better but the hell in a cell where it's just like hey it's a pay-per-view called hell in a cell so now we have to shoehorn uh some of these feuds into a cell um or you know in december oh it's called tlc so we have to come up with a reason that these people are going to be in a tables match it it actually limits the creativity because instead of the tables match coming apart organically 
and being like, these people hate each other so much that one of them wants to put the other one through the table. And oh my goodness, I, I can't believe I'm just thinking of it. That's what they're building up with Lana. They're building up for a tables match. match. Oh my just, gosh, you're I, right. Oh my god. Playing a tables match for sure. They're building up a tables match between her and Nia Jax, and she's gonna somehow or another win it. And yet, I'm actually rooting for Nia Jax. I'm rooting yeah, for this far. I'm rooting for retribution to cause a power outage. <laughs> I'm kind of rooting for a seizure of myself. <laughs> my wife will That's not like up. that. Just That's fucked up. Yeah, you're not even knocking on wood or anything. Uh, I could be knocking on wood. You don't see nothing. <laughs> anyway, we will move on to Ring of Honor, AEW, or Impact. This is our fun game. I give a list of three WWE wrestlers. They need to relocate to a different company. First round choices. Gargano, Adam Cole, Bebe, and Finn Balor. Snap. Dibs. All right. Adam Cole, Bebe to AEW. Um, the dude's just too good. to. Uh, and don't get me wrong. Finn Balor's great. Finn Balor's in the ring presence is fantastic. Um I don't know right now if there's a better heel in the in the in the sport than and and Orton might be as close as it comes. Um, I don't. MJF is MJF is 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 the only other one I would have that conversation about. Adam Cole um, is as good a heel as there is, and he he just makes people look good while he still gets the win. Um, uh, seeing him kick out of a buckshot lariat and and return it with his shiny wizard to the back of the head—I can't remember what it's called. Um, you're looking it up. Thank you. Um, oh, it's, it's it's it has to do with uh, Miami. Uh, go ahead. Keep yeah, going. I can't remember the name of it either. So, um, so Adam Cole Bebe to AE Dubs. Um, the hard part for me. I like Gargano, but I like Gargano as a face, and I know that there are person, maybe people on this call that um, would disagree that he's not as great as a heel, um, but I don't think he's as great as a heel. Um, and so I would, I would, I last shot, last shot. That's what it is. So buckshot versus last shot. Uh, you see what I did there? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what what you lucked uh, into? Yeah, yeah, I see that. I knew there was something about shots there. I just you know, shot, 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 shot. Yep. Man, I got to be honest. He his uh, signature moves have a whole lot of uh, great uh, coal based puns. Like he's got a wheelbarrow suplex that he calls the coal day in hell, uh-huh. and he's he's got a move that um kind of a a uh, um northern lights brain buster that he calls the coal lateral coal lateral anyways sorry um yeah so i i yeah i i just feel like adam cole Bebe is a great fit not just a good fit but a great fit for AEW. um which yes means that i'm gonna undervalue both of the other two wrestlers um because no matter how many times we try and and knock on jlb for you know not giving roh enough respect um it's not the number two show (laughs) 
it just isn't and i hate saying it but it's not um so that said it's gonna be finn balor to impact and johnny gargano what what i said wow really you're gonna put gargano in roh there's not a win there nope that's true though (laughs) it's not like i'm doing something wrong there's not a win here with this it's tough um so yeah gargano is going to be an roh Uh, you can everybody can be every one of those guys showcases in any other brand yeah no 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 but you're right. I, I'd be I'd be saying the same exact thing regardless of which one you put it. Be like, wow, really, bro, really. So you know, all right, good. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if if I landed with Adam Cole and ROH, and that's happened before? I guess really, it's about none of them went where they were before with that setup. Mm. At best, but none of them have been to AEW, and all three would be great on AEW. Um, Oh, none of them have been to Impact either. Uh, Gano wasn't an Impact. Valor wasn't an Impact. Cole wasn't an Impact. Has Cole ever done Impact? Um, I don't believe so. Um, Two of the three have, have done have done ROH, I think. Nope. Uh, has Gargano ever done ROH? I don't think he has. I think he was pure indie scene. So I think yeah, Cole's I the only has done ROH. Hmm. Indeed, I believe so. And Balor was indie and Japan, so yes, yes, yes. So that's that's a tough one, though. I mean, it really is. You could justify all three of those to any one of those brands, they would elevate the brand. Um, I don't know that the brands do a whole lot to elevate them beyond where they already are on any of them, except for the feuds you get. And I, th- I think these those three could all pull great feuds out of anybody. I mean, may I might move Ballard to ROH just so that he doesn't get injured. There's no guarantee there. Less likely to get injured because <laughs> he's not going to try and push over the top with people who aren't prepared to go that over the top. I mean, you think about his two his two signature injuries. They came in matches where he was where he and the other person are great work rate guys that push over the top. Mm, true. So I would. Yeah, I just to be different. Um, I mean, even Gargano in AEW, I think, would be pretty sweet. But the older yeah. Gargano, not the NXT Gargano, uh, Cole would still fit nicely in Impact. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, Balor, um, you're going to uh, ROH, but uh, just because uh, I feel like those two guys definitely need more of an <laughs> than you do. Um, and would just provide me more entertainment. Although, I don't know. I, I truly do believe Finn Balor has the most name recognition of the three. Yes. Um, I also truly believe that that Adam Cole is the best all around, both speaking, both mic skills and, and wrestling yeah. um, of, of the three. Um, Gargano is not great on the mic, but man, his work rate is really good. Um, if you've had, if you have Balor in ROH. Maybe I will change that because if you have Balor in ROH, because of his name recognition, I think he elevates that brand more than any than than any of them does anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I again, I'm not upset about any of them except for that it's harder to watch ROH because it's on Saturday nights in my area. That's it. It's on Saturday nights at midnight. Like <laughs> it's the only time I can watch it. Right. 
Yeah, unless, I, unless I hunt it down online. So I'm sticking with my first first set, though. Yep. Okay. Fair. Nice. What would you do? Uh... Yes, Marks, I am kind of curious what you do here. You know, I I put these three together specifically because I knew they'd be hard. Uh, because they're all phenomenal wrestlers. They're all really good at what they do. Um, and so it's really tough to choose which way. I am a sucker for playing off old Bullet Club storylines. And and while Adam Cole was in Bullet Club for a while, Balor was the original leader of Bullet Club. Yeah. And uh, Kenny Omega was a longtime leader of Bullet Club. I think technically he was their fourth leader, although that includes Carl Anderson being a leader for a short period of time, which is eh, iffy best. So <laughs> Balor started it off. Uh, AJ Styles took over. Okay. Anderson was one for a short period. Then uh, AJ Styles took over. And then uh, Kenny Omega took over from AJ Styles. And so having a storyline that hints at that with Balor and uh kenny omega you know as uh maybe even who who really should be in the elite you know uh is is some matches i would love to see so i would probably put balor in AEW. and yes i'm a balor mark so that plays into it as well i do 100 percent agree with what da fame says about cole being one of the best heels in the business um, and like he said, part of that is because he he makes the faces look good even in losses. Um, and so because of that, I think he would do best in... Um, You're sending him to ROH, aren't you? I'm debating on it. I just think, yeah, Ring of Honor. If only... That, there, there's some returning storylines there because he was in Ring of Honor for a long yeah. time. Yeah. And so he can go back in and there are some stables in Ring of Honor that still exist, like the Kingdom, that he could immediately come in and start causing havoc with. And Johnny Gargano could have a lot of fun in Impact. Um, I mean, that X Division is built for wrestlers like well, Johnny Gargano. Well, development, I mean, something beyond just being Johnny Gargano, the, mm-hmm. the DIY guy who went bad eventually. Yeah. Um, and I've said it before, I still 100% believe Johnny Gargano is the most natural underdog face wrestler I've ever yeah. seen. Um, yeah. And and that might be part of why I'm I'm getting a kick out of his heel storyline right now. I'm I'm kind of different on this, but it's not to the level of his face storylines. And you know, the only reason you have a person turn heel is to have them eventually turn baby face. And the only reason you have a person turn baby face is for them to eventually turn heel. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. So eventually he'll come back to baby face. He'll see the error of his ways and turn around. And that's the nature of the business. I'm ready so, for champ to be back from injury. Um, so I can totally see him in impact. But I mean, just seriously, think about him in the X Division. Uh, just running rampant on that oh, so that's probably how i would yeah I, I don't think there's wrong answers there no they really don't there no. aren't the the only wrong answer uh of any of these would be a, if we were playing uh fireberry push you know yeah, none of these exactly. people need to be fired very and fire one mm-hmm. and and even at worst going to ring of honor or impact is not a burying or a firing it's 
It's a change. If I had to, though, I would say fire Finn. No. Nope. I the wouldn't only, even say that. The only reason you 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 put Finn down, put Finn to pasture, is because of your concern for his own health. Well, there's that, and I definitely wouldn't want to fire Gargano or Adam Cole at all. Like, these guys are rising stars, uh, just for that matter. Not You're that Finn is over. Balor's 80, though, dude. Like, Cole and Balor are the same age. No, 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 no. But I mean, it's just, but Balor has had his time to shine. And granted, I guess Cole has too with being the champion for like a year and a half. Um, but I still think Cole has got, a, still has a lot more in the tank than Balor does. I do think uh, Balor now is somewhat injury prone um, now because um, he just had so, like, it's, or just, could just it's his back. work rate. He, he just he murders himself for these incredible matches when he has a guy like Seth Rollins like um, Roddy Strong that's opposing him that can work just as hard as him in a match for some reason he goes out there and, and for lack of better terminology murders himself just yeah. does and it worked in Japan when he was in his mid 30s and low 30s and now that he's in his late 30s early 40s it catches up, man. It does. For sure. I think he's, what, 36? Is that right? 36, 37? Sounds about right. Something like that. You know, Cole's about the same age. Gargano's in his early 30s, you know? He's got a couple more years before that starts happening. Lord knows he's had some insane work rate matches with Champa. That's part of the reason Champa's injury prone. Right. So, True. I mean, you just you pick three great guys like that and... and the only people who lose are them because they're going to hurt their careers. Yeah, that's valid. Um, so I'm... I, that's a good point. Before you do that, though, that is a good point to suggest to our fans to go back and listen to you and Smarks rant at each other mm. about the Jericho tweet at Balor and Roderick Strong. Which is also very... Balor and Roderick Strong. I'm technically agreeing with Jericho, you know, what, four weeks later? I guess <laughs> you, you still were then. I think. Um, no, well, I more like six to eight weeks later. Go back and find that episode. These two rant for nearly an hour about Jericho and oh, yeah. is calling them out about the injury. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> but yeah. point, point of fact, I was defending Jericho's tweet and he was uh, against it. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I called him a Y two jackass or something. <laughs> It was a really good episode. I'm just saying, not too often that we refer back to old episodes. That's one, if you get a chance to listen to, um, if I was going to say that there, there's two rants that you should listen to, that one and Smarks ranting on the firings are tip top. Those are those are amongst the best we've had in this in this podcasting group. And apparently me talking about NXT on April 1st. Yeah, for some reason or other. That one's I huge. I don't even know why, but fans seem to love it, so we're going to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Not our best segment. Those two are probably amongst the best segments we've ever had. Now, go ahead, bud. Sorry. <laughs> no, no problem. So I think my theme is going to be um, big black guys. Um <laughs> Just because I'm also kind of curious as to where you would put them. They're big. Yay, AEW gets some color. I know, right? Um, so we got Biggie, Keith Lee, and Bobby Lashley. Oof. 
Well, that one's tough for one reason and one reason only, in my opinion. And it's Lashley. Wouldn't hire any uh, of them? No. It's wow. it's <laughs> actually my struggle is 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 whether to send a uh, Big E or uh, Keith Lee to AEW. I really it really is. That's why I say Lashley's to me the the one that throws the wrench in everything. Because like I know exactly where I go with Lashley. My instinct says throw him back to Impact. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I do. But but I but I don't want to throw him back to Impact. Throw him where that's successful. <laughs> that, and that's why it throws a wrench into everything. Because if I throw him at Impact, that means either Keith Lee or or Big E has to go to Ring of Honor, and I don't think that's the best fit for either of them. Um, mm, I don't know. Big E's mic skills in Ring of Honor, boy. And and for me, I, don't think it's a good I fit for Big E. I think it's a great fit for. For Ring of Honor. And that's kind of, you know, I, I just look at it and I'm like, ah, geez. But at the same point, you know, Keith Lee to Ring of Honor. I don't want to do that either. So uh, for me, I I have to fight my instinct. And uh, of those three, uh, Lashley's the one. Lashley's the odd man out. And so I have to put him wherever's left, right? <laughs> um. And unfortunately, that's going to be Ring of Honor. And again, this is not dogging on Ring of Honor. Like DFA said, it's hard for us to watch in our locations because it's not on in, in a good time for us. Um, it's it's obviously not the number two or number three wrestling in the country. Um, it might even be number four behind NWA right now. Yeah, uh, number five behind NWA. So you got WWE, AEW, Impact, NWA, Ring of Honor, putting them five. Five, yeah. Maybe. Um, a, a, a Ring of Honor is definitely above MLW. So it's got that going. Above MLW and Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm, and above Any- Juggalo Championship Anything. Uh, championship wrestling yeah. <laughs> and, ab- and above gcw and czw all of those other indies that don't have like tv contracts right so we're talking about ones that are on tv uh nationwide and, and even nwa doesn't really have a tv nationwide although it, d- it did recently announce a tv contract but it's got its youtube series nwa power that's really popular um well, so this is not easier to find than a, than a full television show roh that yeah. was put together as a show. So, so um, lastly, at a Ring of Honor, and again, this isn't trying to dog on Ring of Honor. I really enjoy Ring of Honor's product. I think they've got some great. I I think Dalton Castle is a future star in any other industry. Um, it, I highly recommend watching some Dalton Castle matches. Um, I think Matt Taven's phenomenal. Uh, I think they've got some really good. The Briscoes are actually pretty entertaining for their hillbilly redneck characters that i tend to get uh a little overkilled on pretty quickly i want to go back to the bikers um but in the end that's just where lashley ends up because it for me i would rather put biggie and keith lee at the other two (laughs) keith lee's going to AE dubs because that's where i would love to see him uh, as much as I would love to see Keith Lee versus Willie Mack or Keith Lee versus uh, Moose, uh, I just putting him immediately in as another big hoss in AEW makes more sense to me. Um, and 
you know, Big E coming to Impact Wrestling would be just huge. Again, Big E versus Willie Mac, Big E versus uh, Moose. Big E could be another one of those crossovers who makes appearances in the X Division, even though he is huge. Uh, so I, I think Biggie to impact and then Lashley to, to ring of honor. That's how I would do. Yeah. I, I, I understand everywhere you went there. Um, I'm going to do something that I'm going to regret because I don't like, again, I don't like where this goes, but I'm trying to look at the overall picture of all three. Um, I'm going to put Lashley back, back where I know Lashley works. The problem with Lashley, the downside to Lashley is we've only found really one place that he works. So let's just put him back to where he works. It's fine. No big deal. We'll move on with life. Um, so Lashley's going to impact. Um, for that same, for, for very different reasons. Um, I don't like this at all. Here, here's my dilemma. Do you take token black guy who's fun-loving, smiley black guy, um, and put him to AE dubs and fill a cliche or do no. you take I don't what? think put Biggie I don't think you could put Biggie in AEW. I don't okay, honestly well. think he would work in AEW. Uh okay, so so whose whose answer is this? Because I, I thought this was DA Fabe's choice. No, I know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> the the other th- piece is the most athletic of these three. The most show showy of the not most athletic. That's still Lashley. The most professional wrestler of these three is Keith Lee. Um, I don't want to sound like I'm pigeonholing token black guy, but I feel like that's the thing that motivates, that changes something in AEW. That that doesn't just make it hardcore deathmatch guys, former WWE guys. And former uh, and and guys who don't want to live in Japan anymore, and that's kind of the vibe they're starting to build a little bit. I'm not saying that's all they are whatsoever, but that's kind of the people that they've brought in. And I think if a, a Big E, um, though he's a former WWE guy, just brings in a personality that you really don't have in in serious title contention in AEW. You do have it. You have it in the best friends. You have it in in Orange Cassidy. Um so it's there. It's just not it's not to the level that Big E is. There's something to be said for his hip gyrations. That sounds filthy, but there's something to be said for it. There's something to be said for Oh Run Order. Don't you dare be sour. You know, or whatever it may be. I I just I think I'm going to go with token black guy to AEW. It sounds horrible. I don't want that. Um, but I think it's just the best fit. I really do. And and in turn, that means I'm going to put I'm going to put my favorite of these three in a show that I can't watch, um, mostly because he doesn't have as long a career as the other two. It's really the, the shitty piece to that, but just doesn't have as much time developing the 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 vocals and and the the mic skills um as biggie and he doesn't have um a historic title run that is he that old? actually had huh is he that old keith lee no he's early 30s oh okay. yeah so is that. yeah Lashley, I mean, Lashley just had more time. I mean, he came straight out of college 
and he, he was he was the next Brock Lesnar that that didn't turn into the Brock Lesnar. He also sounds a little bit like Mike Tyson, so that doesn't help him. Um, he does not sound like Mike Tyson. Stop he sounds it. a little bit like Mike Tyson. <laughs> he doesn't. You just wanted to do the Tyson. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's ludicrous. I don't think he does sound a little bit like Mike Tyson. Keith Keith Lee's whole gimmick is talk softly and carry a big stick. Oh my God! What a great gimmick that would be in ROH. Anyway, no, I, 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 I feel bad about it because I really am just looking for what's best for those three brands by doing that. What's best for the wrestlers is all three of them go to AEWs, but you're not gonna get that. Well, no, what's best for the wrestlers is Keith Lee and Big E go to AEWs, and Lashley goes to Impact, where he's gonna make the most money and the most impact. Um, but that's not the name of this game. It's not. Where do you put these wrestlers so that they're, they're best? That they get the best return on investment. Um, the name of this game is what's best for the the individual brands. And I think Impact could just pick up Bobby Lashley and go, "He's back," you know, type thing. Um, again, I'd rather see Keith Lee on Wednesday nights still. Um, back on Wednesday nights, I guess, because he's not on Wednesdays anymore. Um, but. I think Big E, I think Big E's mic skills and persona and character development that he's had over these many, many years, uh, from the, his time with Dolph till now, um, I, I think it fits. I think it fits really well in AE dubs, and I would really enjoy it. And I think it allows for something fun in the main event picture instead of in the tag, in, only in the tag division slash on scarcity. That's kind of where I'm at. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't see them because I think uh, Big E going anywhere else but AEW would be good for that company. I think Big E would get lost in AEW. I feel, I don't know. There's That's just the... so much fun in that guy, though. Oh, Every no. time he the ring, I get excited. Yeah. Sounds filthy. Good time. We're moving forward. <laughs> but, yeah. I am aroused when watching Big E. Oh, Jesus. That sounded worse. <laughs> So is Corey Graves because he always gets his uh, jacket. <laughs> so that's that's where I would go, right? and uh, and it's probably wrong. I, again, I think if you, I think if you take Biggie or Keith Lee away from AEW, Dubs, you're you're not doing them justice. Yeah, luckily, I think if you take Lashley off of Impact, you're t- you're doing both Impact and Lashley in injustice. I really have to watch Lashley on uh, Impact. I want to hear her with these promos that Smarx has been talking about. No, I and the thing is, I'm not saying he was phenomenal with promos. I'm just saying he was better, uh, which is with, still phenomenal. With less scripting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway. I wasn't happy about that decision, but I made it. <laughs> That's the beauty about this game. We won't be not happy. happy about that decision. Sounds to me like that uh, describes your marriage life too. Oh Jesus! Oh, but. Uh, had to go there. Sorry. So, so what does the C word give us for a rating? <laughs> I don't know. Does Let's that make see. us not R? M P A A. I thought we discussed that the C word is not technically considered a R-rated word, and it was just the F bombs that caused issues. <laughs> um, the C word is not chit. Yeah. So, um. According to this Wikipedia, so let's see here. Um, mild language, 
um, can be in the 12 category. What is this? This must be dealing with BBFC. Well, that's not what I want. I want. He was. He was. We don't need. To, we don't need to look it up on a podcast because it's. Uh, we're, my ex-wife doesn't deserve that much attention. So, let's move forward. <laughs> Last one was definitely uh, more exciting on the promos. Like he was more energetic, but still the same kind of soft like. Ah. But definitely more. He had more energy. That's that's what's missing. Yeah, he definitely he definitely sounded way more like Mark Tyson then. Oh, he, now. Stop Ludacris to think that he gets bad almost. <laughs> so where can they follow us? Because I Shut don't up, want to. Dude, I'm not done. Yeah, jeez. Normally it's me who forgets that DA Fame hasn't done Holy his yet. Holy fuck balls, man. You little, you little C word. <laughs> Only because I don't know if that gives us like an X rated. And, and, then Hit him with the hard C. Anyway, Arch Lincoln uh, bio. Sorry. I'm so, I'm sorry that I actually put thought into yours. Holy crap! <laughs> I'll never do it again. <laughs> it was a Tyson that was. Uh, uh, okay, go ahead. Let's do it. Make it more interesting than ours. Uh, it's tough. You guys laid it out hard, solid, and fun. Um, but uh, I'm just gonna go with with recent navies. Um, to the Survivor Series match. So I'm going to go with Baron Corbin, Matt Riddle, and Seth. Those are the four most recent, or three most recent memes. So Baron, Riddle, and Seth. Uh, again, this might come down to how much you hate Riddle or Baron. So, can I go first? If you wanna. Alright. So, I am putting Baron Corbin to Impact just because I feel like he would be a nice fit there. He could definitely do some kind of also like creepy gimmick as well. And he's just awesome on the mic. Um, and I feel like Impact kind of needs someone who's, well, they have some pretty good mic skilled people, but I don't know. Baron Corbin's just extremely exceptional. Um, I don't know if I've ever been so excited for the rest of one of these. <laughs> Damn. I might have uh, put myself into a hole here. Um, you got to give me Seth to dubs. I don't see how Seth can go back to ROH, although Riddle has more of the future. Yeah, no, I'm keeping that. I feel like you would have some crazy matches with a lot of them. Oh, you're buried, Riddle. I love it. Go on, right. sorry. Not buried, Riddle. It's just because it's this one we can't watch all the time. <laughs> like a few months ago, and now you're making up this stupid excuse that you just can't watch it because it's late at night, and you guys can go fuck yourselves. But yes, Matt Riddle is going to hurt. That's it. That's my story, and that's my rant, and I'm sticking to it. Sparks, on you. Well, you know, like, like I said before, this one's a little tougher than it. it seems at surface if only because there's one of these that is going to go someplace where he doesn't really deserve to have gone and i say that from a standpoint of to me that's baron corbin i i like baron corbin i think he is uh well developed as a heel overall i think someone in wwe obviously likes him enough that they gave him two of the best finishers uh in the business um, but I, but he doesn't fit in AEW to me. He doesn't fit in Ring of Honor, but he also doesn't to me fit in Impact. Um, 
he is such a product of the WWE system that I don't know where he fits. I think he they already have him in AEW. I think that's the problem with AEW is they already have super heels uh, in Brian Cage and um, Brody Lee. I think you kind of have him already in a different format, but different font. It's, it's a copy paste different font. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the know. end, you know, and I'm thinking a little bit of in-ring work, but both Brody Lee and Brian Cage have their roots on the Indies. Yeah. Uh, of these wrestlers, Corbin and Riddle both didn't spend much time on the Indies, but Riddle spent time in the MMA, which by its very nature made him develop a different, a non-WWE style. But Baron Corbin is such a product of WWE's system from day one that that's why he he struggles to fit for me in any of the other ones. Um, and we have seen WWE products struggle in non-WWE situations, right? A really good example is, and, and this is someone that I like, is Matt Cardona, who showed up in, in AEW after being let go from, from WWE, but he's such a WWE product. Like, he spent very little time in the indies before wwe right that when he wrestled in aew he didn't his wrestling style was too much wwe it it looked like a wwe wrestler in the ring and we haven't seen that from some of the other ones mostly because most of the other ones spent time elsewhere before they became wwe like Brody lee had his stints in czw had his stints in in the indies before he went there uh, Chris Jericho started off in in ECW and and then uh, WCW before he went to WWE. Uh, John Moxley started off in CZW, so on and so forth. Right? Um, Baron Corbin ha- has no wrestling experience outside of WWE. He's football experience, and then WWE s- signed him and trained him to be a wrestler. And that's why he doesn't really fit in any of the federation as he is now. So now I have to think which one of these federations has the best chance of taking him and molding him. And for that, Ring of Honor is the best option because Ring of Honor has a long history of taking people and turning them into wrestlers that can hold their own in any federation, right? And you look at how many Ring of Honor people eventually ended up in WWE, how many Ring of Honor people eventually ended up in New Japan or Impact or AEW. So uh, Baron Corbin to Ring of Honor, uh, it feels like I'm burying him, but I assure you it's because I think it's what's going to be best for him long term. Um, That leaves me with uh, Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins, which still makes it tough because... I think while Seth Rollins has his roots in Ring of Honor and and the Indies before WWE, I think he's bought into the WWE system so hard that I, as much as I want to put him in AEW, I don't know if he can make that jump. And of the two systems left, Impact is the most WWE-like. That seems weird to say that, but it is. So Seth Rollins in Impact and Matt Riddle on AEW... Which Ooh. does give AEW their first like big MMA guy. Mm-hmm. Well, and it gives. I hate it. I mean, oh, yeah. Think, think of the the pitch that they can have with Matt Riddle versus Jake Hager. 
But that's what I mean. Jake Hager's an MMA guy. Why would you just throw Jake Hager? He was a pro wrestler who went to MMA. Mm -hmm. He was not MMA first. Yeah. Uh, Fair. Um, And Brock and Bobby Lashley. He's got a 3-0-1 record in MMA. It's not like he was a... Like Jake Hager has gone off and killed it in MMA. As much as AEW would like you to think otherwise. Still under yeah, that that many matches in, Brock held the UFC championship on his fourth oh. match of the UFC championship. And Bobby Lashley has a better MMA wrestling uh, MMA record than that. And Matt Riddle does. <laughs> yeah, Matt so. Riddle is well, Matt Riddle is eight wins, uh three losses and two no contests. So not that big of a Eight yeah. wins. Eight wins against three. Not a better winning percentage, but eight wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lashley is fifteen two and zero. Snap. In in UFC. Yeah, in, in, the, in the premium. Yeah, in the premium one of them. Not Bellator. Not La- that Bellator is a bad product. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Damn, Lashley was in UFC. Yes. Oh snap! I gotta go check yeah. those. They just for whatever reason, I, I really think Dana White saw Brock and saw marketability. I do not think Dana White saw Lashley and saw marketability. Brock should not have had a title shot at, at match four. But, but in the end, uh, that's why I, I think Riddle in in AEW I think makes sense. Um, it, they can they can play off the MMA and and do some of that. Uh, riddled got a lot of fun now don't get me wrong I do think Seth Rollins is the bigger name and from a splash standpoint Seth Rollins coming in makes a huge deal I get it right Seth Rollins is it, it kind of control V control C or control C control V's um, Moxley a little bit but it, it's more of a Lex Luger to WCW moment yes it is now, at, along the same lines um, that plays into why I don't think I want Seth Rollins in AEW right now. We already have the WWE marks claiming, you know, foul in, in WWE, uh, former WWE wrestlers holding the belts in AEW. Um, we already have the WWE marks talking about recycling storylines to give them another. Oh, look, they just brought in Seth Rollins, and now he's going to feud with John Moxley. Look at that. Just like just like what WWE did. Um, and don't get me wrong, we have a little bit of that problem, no matter which WWE wrestler we put in AEW. But Matt Riddle has the shortest career in, a- in WWE right now, the shortest history, and the greatest non-WWE backstory for it. So that's kind of plays into it as well. So Lashley was never in UFC, by the way. Was it not UFC? Yeah, I'll have it to was check. Bellator, it was Bellator, and it was some other federation, MFA. Um, but I was just going off the top result on on. Uh, was the other one? Yeah. So yeah, and Titan Fighting Championship was another one. Shark fights and uh, no UFC. Just a whole lot of Bellator. Well, still same thing that. Uh... But uh, still, regardless of not UFC, it's still 15 and 2. Yeah, for sure. Six of them by knockout. Six of them by submission. Only three of them by decision. Yeah. And he's never been submitted. Must have something to do with that hurt lock. (laughs) Well, I mean. I highly doubt if that was ever one of his six submissions. (laughs) No. 
And, I uh, it looks like rear naked choke was his go-to. Um, although he did get one with a guillotine choke. Fun little fact, he opened up a smoothie shop in 2007, 2009. Look at him go. Continuing other business ventures aside from the Hurt business. Look at him. See? That's how you gotta do it. That was such a lame joke. I know. I know. That's, uh, I'm, uh, I, I, I have lame jokes. This is what I do. You should know this by now. I'm a walking, talking, lame joke. Cliche. Um, <laughs> Cliche thing, bobber. Boom. And that is it. So now we can go to where they can follow us, Mr. Smarks. You can go to where they can follow us. I'm, I'll do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, I mentioned that before, but every podcast platform has a place where you can click subscribe or follow or whatever um, as to make sure you get notified of our new episodes as soon as we post them share our episodes on your social media it is one of the best ways for other people to find us is by you just clicking that share button sending it off to your friends and letting them know that you listen to this podcast they'll listen to it too uh it doesn't matter whether it's a facebook message a tweet um uh whatever uh, sends it out even just a message to your friend hey you know text message hey i listen to this podcast you should check it out helps us out a lot um you can follow us on twitter i am at raw and order wbu da fabe is at da vincent k fabe he's not gonna ever tweet anything but you can follow him there um and you can follow jlb at jlb420 real talk radio is the brand at real talk radio 8 on twitter uh anchor.fm slash rtr where you can find all of the streaming platforms there and uh i respond to everything so you can follow me all on those stuff and uh yeah that's pretty much how the cookie crumbles i i am gonna say uh right now that uh everyone out there should just go ahead and slide into da fabe's dms uh the first person that can get him to actually respond i am going to send a t-shirt to you i'm telling you that now um <laughs> But, but that's a challenge. Ladies, Kevin. he is single. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, just like the number of stars you will give your vacation if you ever go to beautiful Turks and Caicos. Beautiful Turks and Caicos. Turks and Caicos. Mm. Uh, you can uh, find our Wix site in the pinned tweet or the doobly-doos for uh, this uh, podcast. There you can find all the ways to listen to the show, read our blog, yada, yada, yada. We don't have a lot on the blog, though, so don't worry too much about that. We have our Patreon if you want to support us, patreon.com slash rawandorderwbu. You can support us there for just three bucks a month, get access to our Discord server, commercial-free episodes, voting for classic pay-per-view reviews, monthly Ask Me Anything, stuff like that, and even the ability to be invited on this very show to challenge us to book some scenario for yourself. Uh, or you don't want to support us on the regular, but you like us a bit, you can head to shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU and get yourself a t-shirt, a hat, uh, a mask. We have masks available. So um, check us out there. But on that note, I think we will close the book on the Fantasy Booking Institute. Um, unless the others have anything to say, we will see you soon. I don't have any smart-ass remark for the end of this. 